Howdy, y'all. Welcome to Liberty Libations number 41. I love the sound effect that we just had live from Mr. Alden Hardy. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. Cheers. I'm actually having a beer tonight, y'all. How about that? Hey. Right. Yeah, it's my last uh, It's my last Liberty Libations from Montana for the summer. So I thought I'd celebrate and have a drink with y'all. Yeah. Nice. What you drinking, Stephen? I see it's out of a giant mason jar. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, it's this, apple pie moonshine. Nope, it's a uh, strawberry blonde. Um, still strawberry. some of the homebrew. All right, Alden, what you got? Just a crappy Oktoberfest of Arsteiner or whatever. But don't don't call beer crappy. Okay, this is the yeah. show literally where beer is in the name. So and not Oktoberfest uh, either. No, nope. libation <laughs> is in the name, not beer. Shut your mouth, Nick. <laughs> Shut your mouth, you freaking libertarian. All right, it's um, delicious. I can't taste it today anyway. That's why I chose to drink it. So Perfect. Perfect. All right, well, any news to catch up on? Zach, do we have any uh, LP news that we need to disseminate right now? Um, the Banish Big Brother pub crawl. We oh, talk yeah. about. Yeah, let me, uh, let me go ahead and pull up that website. Um, so on September, it's... 30th, I believe. Um, God damn it. Come on, Jake. This is my bad, y'all. There we go. Yep, you're right. September 30th in Savannah. Yep. September 30th, Savannah. We're doing a pub crawl to help our Banish Big Brother project, which is part of Elizabeth Melton's uh, Smart Cities project, which is um, about basically how the government is surveilling us at all times and going to use it against us in the very near future, if not already doing so. Um, so it's September 30th, seven to 11, come down, have some beers. You can walk around Savannah with an open, literally container. any, literally any excuse to go drink in Savannah is a good one. So <laughs> seriously, yeah, you can just walk around with the alcohol on you. Um, sipping it on the street. Can you do liquor or is it just beer, Alden? I don't remember. No, it's open container. It's just not glass. Just not glass. Anything but, yeah, glass. So everybody bring glass. Um, there we sure go. You, yeah, make sure you bring <laughs> glass bottles. <laughs> um, so yeah, we got that going on. Um, and if you have any questions about the Libertarian Party of Georgia, you can go on over to lpgeorgia.com to learn more. We just have a whole wealth of knowledge on that on that website. So yeah. yeah. And real quick about the pub crawl, like getting together and having drinks and having fun is like half of it. The other part is it'll be activism because we're going to talk while we're there about the different surveillance technologies and point them out around, you know, the route. And then also we have the idea of people will be wearing anti-surveillance clothing. So there's like the masks that obscure your face and mess up facial recognition or there are shirts that have like license plates on them that, you know, readers <laughs> will try to read even though you're not a car and just random stuff like that. So we're doing that, you know, for fun to also make keep it in mind up. that a, uh, a, state, a high vis vest and a uh, hard hat gets you a long way to uh, taking out some of those cameras. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see where the night goes. No, it'll ask a second but... question. Right? Just act with confidence, you know, carry a clipboard and yell at anybody that tries to stop you. So yeah, there there are a whole bunch of different clothing brands coming out that will abs like make facial recognition and just recognizing human beings in general very difficult to do. These are some yep. bizarre ones. 
Um, but they and, have you know, whole the clothing brands. We're going to have people coming up to us being like, what in the world are you guys wearing? And that's an opportunity to educate somebody right there, to talk to them and give them a brochure or whatever. And they're I also that seeing hoodie. that we're... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, and there may be a documentary crew there too. So it'll also just be a big, you know, rowdy, goofy crowd Jake? of people. Dr- dr- not Jake, but I think someone that's working with... But, you yep. know, the hey, someone's cool blocking the scenes for a documentary. <laughs> yep i mean I'm, I'm obviously gonna have my camera there if i am able to appear so uh yeah it should be a great time i mean getting drunk and tricking cameras i mean what what more fun could you possibly ask for <laughs> we could well never mind <laughs> no <laughs> i don't want to officially alden's recommend. about to propose about crime. <laughs> yeah honestly yeah oh if man you want to do that just go drive down to the cop city protest alden yeah, oh, gosh, what a great for segue! Just for being within oh, that reminds yards me, I gotta this. reimburse my friend for some food and glue real quick. <laughs> this conversation is gonna get us slapped with Rico. Oh my God. <laughs> All right, well, that brings us to our first story, which is 61 people indicted in Georgia on racketeering charges connected to Stop Cop City movement. Um, let's go ahead and watch this video real quick and see what this video says. If it says anything, it's an AP one, so generally they don't say much. Okay. Politicians in Atlanta, please, this should be a democratic process where city of Atlanta residents um, be able to decide on this issue, not uh, politicians in the Atlanta Police Foundation, who obviously have conflict of interest. All right, this video isn't going to be that, that great, but that's basically the story. Um, Nick, you're the one who uh, told me to include this. So why don't you give your two cents about it? Yeah. So what's uh, incredibly concerning is seeing a uh, is seeing racketeering charges brought up on this. Uh, like this is organized crime. I, you know, I don't know exactly where it falls, but my understanding is, you know, the RICO laws came into effect for like actual organized crime, like the mafia and stuff like that, and street gangs i don't know what i don't know how organized you have to be to fall under it but i don't know that especially because i'm seeing oh it's well this organization and that organization and that one are donating putting up and you know 61 people on it um including that someone that several of us here are familiar with uh indicted in that so yeah um yep And for those who don't know, I'm just going to share the quick definition. Uh, Racketeering is a type of organized crime in which the persons set up a coercive, fraudulent, extortionary, or otherwise illegal coordinated scheme or operation to repeatedly or consistently collect a profit. So I don't. (laughs) Yes, but I don't know what a uh, I don't believe a profit is a profit motive is involved in this yeah i think there are donations going in there i don't know that that's enough to qualify it maybe well morally as a as rico and i also kind of feel like you know that's kind of bullshit loss <laughs> just because i've you know as we normally say crimes have victims and i think the actions committed you know in there could be crimes on certain yeah. things you know um, if you're so getting into shootouts what were the, or what throwing happen? stuff, those are crimes. But um, so, 
there are several incidents that have gone on there. Uh, you know, violent, several violent clashes with cops there. A bunch of commies camped out in the woods. Um, mostly uh, peaceful. What's most up? Most the people being. Yeah, mostly peaceful. So are the people being charged being charged for something that happened like at a single event or is it just like over the life of these protests? These I think it's it up. I haven't dug too, too far into the indictment past one person that like, like I said, I've several of us are familiar with. Um, and on that one, that included the indictment mentioned uh, basically, it was basically a, uh, Aggravated assault is what they said for, I guess, menacingly holding a gun, holding a rifle and a pistol and knives yeah. uh, in front of cops. And that was an incident in December, according to it. Uh, there was a big incident in January uh, where the cops got into a shootout with, with the commies there. And then, uh, then a whole bunch of mostly peaceful, fiery, but mostly peaceful protests broke out with uh, some cop cars getting burned, I think, and uh, some pretty crazy footage coming out. So I think the other interesting part is, um, you know, the racketeering uh, is coming out on this indictment, but also uh, domestic terror is also, quote unquote, mm -hmm. domestic yep. terror is coming out as a crime in this which after January 6th, we all kind of figured was going to start being used against any dissident. Um, yeah. I don't know how much, and again, I feel like it's kind of bullshit crimes, like, you know, you know, assault with a weapon, assault, things like that. Those are what we would consider legitimate crimes and the conversation could be had. But mm -hmm. just, you know, oh, let's stack this with this additional crime and stack it with that additional crime. Um, I feel like that's crossing, that's, probably crossing some lines especially because um the one person that we are familiar with uh that was indicted in this i see is already fi has fi has lawyers filing motions in the court to uh challenging the domestic terror charges because um because i think because i guess the argument is they're pushing too close you know they're pushing basically on a violation of free speech there mm. And yeah. the Georgia code on it, I guess, is extremely broad and basically could be used to crack down on any dissident, peaceful or otherwise, is apparently the argument. So, yeah, the stacking of crimes is is very egregious. It's like a cop seeing seeing you speeding, pulling you over for speeding, and in the process of you pulling over, you run a stop sign and make a right turn without turning on your blinker. It's like they just stack up all these crimes when they are literally just following you because of your first crime and so it's it's pretty egregious everything that's going on and yeah it doesn't it doesn't just stem from one one event like nick was saying it's a whole slew of events that they just keep stacking up these crimes over like a six like i think some of them are just organizations that are potentially raising money and i don't know where the money's going or where that is but i think even black lives matter raising the money to well yeah, but I think even I think some of the organizations reading just raising money, whether it's going to actually fight, you know, actually, you know, political activities that would be completely legal in a free country or right. whether it's supporting, you know, the commies in the woods. I don't know, but right. there is a definitely like, a big difference there. 
Yeah, it seems like Rico should be reserved for like almost white collar or organized crime, not like Antifa idiots at a protest. <laughs> did anyone else? Like you charge them with was? what they actually did. <laughs> right. Did well, anyone else? Go ahead. I was going to say, if I'm not mistaken, I think the Rico stuff is uh, one of those remnants of the drug war that Reagan drummed up. Uh, so it was basically, mm. you know, one of those things to to help roll up the drug dealers. Mm. You know, we can we can let you off. Give me your boss. And you get all this deal making and you climb to the top. So that's there's two different strategies I, I see kind of happening on, on the part of Fannie Willis here. One, it sends a message, right? You know, anti First Amendment. Don't oppose us. If you think you can wave signs in the streets and score points on the news, you're wrong. I'm coming after you. You know, it sends that message to kind of chill that thing because uh, they've been getting their butts kicked in the town halls. I mean, if you just watch the debates, it's hours and hours and hours of everybody in the town just letting them have it. Yeah. And then the other message is that, hey, if there really is some kind of communist syndicate being formed here in this little treehouse in the woods, um, we're going to find the money and we're going to trace it and we're going to track it down. So I don't know. That's kind of putting a lot of favor in. She's the benevolent dictator. Um, so uh, there's, there's a couple of different things that are going on there, but it's, it's definitely, it's definitely for shock value. It's definitely for optics. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, cause obviously if they were trying to uphold the peace, where's the Rico indictments for everybody burning Buckhead down in 2020. There we go. Side yeah. note. I learned what Rico was from the dark Knight. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. Uh, yeah yeah this is um, definitely another ron paul was right moment too because you know he talked about this domestic terrorism like you start calling everything terrorism they're eventually going to call you a terrorist yeah yep. and so. we, we've had whole episodes about that like if you I've, I've had solo episodes on the free georgia podcast where i'm warning people about this crap like as soon as j6 happened i was like this is gonna like this is ridiculous We're this all goes screwed. back to 9-11 when the people that were pushing back against it and asking questions were then called terrorists. Like mm. I started getting wind of this just 20 years ago. So yeah, only, only, only 20 years ago, so, you know, again, it's relatively well, recent. yeah, in my <laughs> lifetime. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and I've said it before, but you know, as corrupt as everything is, and you look, especially with everything going around Fannie Willis and Fulton County and city of Atlanta these days, it's real easy to think that it's just totally corrupt. It's not worth it, but you can still make a difference. The, the, the skeleton, the framework that was in place is still in place. Um, I, I remember, what was it? It was 2019, 2020, I think. It was in uh, Stone Mountain in DeKalb County. Uh, BLM, Black Lives Matter, and the Klan were having rallies. Same day, same place. The Klan got all the permits. They paid all the fees. They hired the off-duty cops to run security. <laughs> So, I mean, they came out in their full regalia doing all their stuff with the with the loudspeakers and everything. they paid for the permits. And then BLM shows up and they're just throwing rocks and bottles and sticks. And KKK was totally unarmed. DeKalb police defended the Klan against BLM. <laughs> and I mean, this was this was pre-COVID stuff. So, you know, things might have changed right. a little bit. But, you know, I just want to let you know around the Atlanta area, there is still justice <laughs> to be had. So if we turn this episode into a praising the clan episode, I think we're going to get screwed. Yeah. I, I don't think that's going to no, help. No, no one's praising them here. <laughs> totally not doing that. I was right, saying right. that to illustrate the fact that no. at the end of the day, these no. corrupt folks are bureaucrats. They don't value the Didn't give a disclaimer. Zach, but if you change, change Stephen's tagline to be white supremacist or something. Like that. <laughs> oh, I just realized it's the one chip challenge. There we go. Bad, bad, bad. There you go. 
No, exactly. you know, at the end of the day, the, these folks are bureaucrats and, and yeah. they have their own doctrine. They have their own ideology that as long as you operate within that, they'll play your game. You know, so if you, uh, you know, file their paperwork, pay for their permits, all that kind of crap, they just let you be. Now, the need for the paperwork and the permits is most of our problem. Uh, but if you can fill that stuff out without violating your principles and do it because you get mm. police protection that way. Mm. I think, I mean, the biggest crime is one that's going completely overlooked in this whole thing, which is we have a jaywalking fanny. Like, <laughs> how is that not a crime? How is somebody in office whose name is Fanny? I mean, we had a Bush and yeah. a Dick on the same ticket. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so and maybe Colin it's a prerequisite. <laughs> and Colin at the time. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so maybe it's a prerequisite to be in a position of power. <laughs> Zach. What do you do about my tagline? Because I am actually drinking a little whiskey sidecar tonight. So, oh, oh, I can't change my own tagline. Apparently, so you can't change. Can be liars. So it's He's on tried. iPad or something. Yeah, I'm on the iPad. Oh, you're on the iPad. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't let me. But also, you know, anyone in Fulton County, if you want to get out of jury duty, just have you know 1488 henna pasted to the back of your hand or something. What is that? <laughs> That's one of those. Uh, uh, we'll tell you about it later. Ask RFK Jr. about it. <laughs> All right. Um, let's go to our second story of the night, which is just interesting in every way. A Wyoming sheriff has called for community involvement, wanting a volunteer posse to uh, fight against burglary during the holidays. <laughs> like, he wants private citizens to sign up for his posse to go around making sure their town is safe. <laughs> that sounds, can, sounds can, this end a good, can this end a good way? That's my question. Can this end it, in, in goodness? It can. It probably won't, but it could. <laughs> let's see. Let's see the minimum requirements. Be so, at least eight, 18 years old, possess a GED or high school graduate status, which why high schools don't teach anything good. Hold a valid <laughs> driver's license, have a clean cl criminal record. That might be the only legit one, but even that is meh. And then maintain a good driving record. Hor horses are not required. Okay. Things are different in Wyoming, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I, I can Does see that this mean positively is if uh, you know the volunteer army becomes paid. And then they go from homeless to being actual sheriff's deputies. Oh, I like this. I like this. Um, let's see. One shining example of the dedication within the posse is Jonathan, the first member of the Air Posse, whose inaugural patrol took place on Labor Day. Jonathan's commitment to serving the community has set the bar high for those who will follow. And they literally say nothing Jonathan did. They just said he set the bar high. So what the frick does that Isn't mean? this what Dwight Schrute did? He was a volunteer sheriff's deputy on the weekends. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> volunteer sheriff's deputy. And he did like a nighttime, like, like a HOA group or something that went around stopping crime. Oh, like a neighborhood watch. <laughs> yeah, like a neighborhood watch. Yeah, right? yeah. This is really just a cool name for a neighborhood watch. Yeah, nighttime HOA oh. is just looking for if you have the wrong color bulb in your porch. Like, Right, right. I... I I'm pretty sure in this entire article, they don't ever say the sheriff's name. It just sheriff calls for for 
for this, and they literally don't mention huh. the sheriff one time. You got to love journalism today. <laughs> it's really good journalism. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, honestly, though, it's not the worst thing to have citizens protecting their own community. I mean, I don't I, know how much I, crime I you're actually getting in Wyoming. I mean, this is what Casper, Wyoming. It was Laramie. Burglaries specifically, like part of the thing about burglaries is you don't know when they're happening. Like someone's <laughs> doing it in the darkness. They How tend are you to if them? they work. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I feel so like if I was in a network of burglars, I would join the volunteer force. There you go. There you control go. networks. Oh, that's actually departed. You think they're going to be infiltrated immediately? By <laughs> they, well, they will. Yeah. Now. Well, you can't. That's this is why Steve's a fed. Should this be our first prediction? If w do we think the the posse group is going to be immediately infiltrated and used to break into the houses it's meant to protect? Probably. Well, plus everybody in the posse is leaving their house, you know, <laughs> to do going this. out in the public. <laughs> <laughs> so if they know you're in the posse, you're going to be the one that gets robbed. Uh, <sighs> Jake, why don't you drive down there and see what's up? I might drive through on my way down to uh, to Atlanta. Uh, Just see if week. the posse's out. That is so funny. En encouraged but not required for a, for a horse. I love that. Hey, well, Casper, Casper, Wyoming is also in a mess. Uh, that that was one that I looked up because it was it's their second biggest city, uh, which said it had a population of sixty thousand, which seems yeah. very large by any standards down here. But um, there was uh, there literally was got like three hundred thousand people that went there. Right. <laughs> so uh, there was a hotel that was trashed by the homeless people. The sheriff there was saying that he's absolutely overrun with homeless people. That's uh, crazy. Being homeless in Wyoming has got to be the most miserable experience of all time. Like right. it's it's winter eight months out of the year, and it's a brutal winter. There's nothing but the average speed, wind speed across Wyoming for the entire year, the average speed is 13 miles an hour. <laughs> through the whole year <laughs> oh that's brutal there are 90 like mile a, an hour winds on the highway regularly i remember seeing a story about some mayors in alaska talking about sending their homeless to la for the winter because they're they're at capacity they're overrun they don't have any more room in their homeless shelter so they're just like hey have you ever been to la we'll buy you a plane ticket hey speaking like, of i, I don't that's know why you would choose segue. to be homeless and... <laughs> all right let's Let's go there. That's, that's a great segue. Migrants sent on one-way flights from Texas, sleeping at O'Hare. <laughs> as city scrambles to find them shelter. So they were literally—they have them literally behind a like a black curtain. I don't know if it's in the terminal or what, but like, I guess if you peek behind a black curtain, you're just gonna find a whole bunch of like. Here, let's like see if they Central American migrants just like stuffed in there. Let's see if they show it on this video. I haven't watched this video yet. Deal with the mounting crisis that is only expected to worsen. So far, 11 <laughs> busloads of migrants have arrived in Chicago. Oh, these are busloads. Approximately 509 of them have been sent here, according to the city. Now, Mayor Lightfoot and Governor Pritzker are asking the feds for financial Wait, assistance. We got to get a shot of the penguin here. We got to get a shot of the penguin. Challenge for us. There we go. And we need federal support. <laughs> I thought she lost. And collaboration, and that has to come in short order. Oh, this was last year. This is a video from last year. So yeah, this was yeah. Uh, this was the busload stuff. This other stuff was the. Uh, was, this yeah. is the plane. Yeah. So uh, I, I was think, wondering I why buses dropped them off at the airport. Yeah. No. That was that was yeah. last year. This is this is this year. 
Um, yeah, I don't think they show that curtain, but I do know what you're talking about. They showed it I in one other video, article. I saw some pictures of it in an article I looked at earlier. But... The New York Times had it, but I can't get behind the paywall. So um, anyway. No, you just got to go to archive, the, the Internet Archive. and uh, Oh, yeah, that's right. Avoid that's giving right. them clicks. Yeah. I uh, The fact, I mean, oh. how many different states has Texas sent their migrants to at this point? It's at least three. <laughs> They've sent them to New York. L.A. and now Chicago, and I think there's another one. I think they've also uh, Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Yeah. yeah, that was Florida, wasn't it? <laughs> well, Florida did it too. Florida, Florida did it too. They yeah. did more than Texas did. But, I mean, the <laughs> feds are sending them wherever they want to go. Right. So this is, That's yeah. Just, Where, I mean, this, how this is this been state? happening for ten plus years? You know, all they yeah. all they got to do is uh, cross the southern border, and they get a bus ticket to anywhere. <laughs> you know, where do you want to go? Oh, I've always wanted to go to Detroit. Coming right up. <laughs> At least there's houses to take in Detroit. <laughs> right. <laughs> there's lots of free land in Detroit, I hear. Speaking of Detroit, the game officially has begun. The NFL season is a finally actually upon us. I'm just saying. Okay. All right. I love it. I love it. My fantasy football team just now, five minutes ago, tanked for the season. Yeah. <laughs> it's official. Hopefully you're not too much money into it. but <laughs> I'm more than I need to be. I usually run second place until like week four, and then I'm just straight down. I'm either I'm either sitting in the bottom half. I don't. I never lost outright. I've never been the worst. Me neither. But then like oftentimes I'll be like in a solid position going into the playoffs, and then blow it. Yep. I, I've not won a championship since 2010. <laughs> I was I think 2017 from. Wow. I remember I one with uh with a with like seven hundred bucks of proceeds. Wow. Well, this is I the conversation everybody year. wants to hear. Shut your mouth, Alden. No one wants <laughs> to know that. <laughs> everybody it? who watches yeah. this show wants to know about our fantasy football teams. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's gonna uh, have to be a recurring segment. You're gonna have to get a title card for that segment. <laughs> this fantasy football team is doing well this week. That's what that's yeah, what you're yeah, like local news, like now over to Nick for sports. Yeah, <laughs> there was. Uh, I did start a. Alden, you were in the you were in the league when I did this. I I did a whole ESPN thing where I would interview the owners each week. I interview one owner each week, and I had oh. a scoreboard going at the bottom, a ticker and everything. Great. <laughs> yeah, great. yeah. Tried to make it exactly like ESPN cover. We'll do a spinoff channel. We'll, we'll give have, bad fantasy advice. I at least there have one buddy who would uh, write up summaries of drafts and try to do it in a funny way there we go that's fun i like that i like that a lot nick how long are you sticking around i want to know when i can start trivia because i don't if you're not sticking around uh, maximum, I trivia. maximum another 15 minutes all right we'll keep talking about the the migrants um because i'm interested to hear what what y'all have to say about like do you what are your thoughts on just the the moral the morality of texas sending sending all these people to different places. Anybody got any thoughts on that? Well, if, if our federal government is putting up billboards and taking out radio advertisements and sending out you know, flyers and social media posts and this, that, and the other to come up here for our food stamp program, and they're the gateway to the country from their entry point, mm. uh, then it seems only fair that they get to then disperse them at their choosing. Yeah. Um, you know, it's one of those things of like, hey, you invited guests to my house 
and I don't have enough on the dinner table. So you get to feed them. Yeah. I don't necessarily like the fact, you know, taxpayer money's being spent on it, but also like morally beyond that, as long as, you know, they're going, as long as they're voluntarily going once they're, you know, it's kind of. Yeah. Well, and it's, and it's nothing the major cities haven't been doing for the last 50 years with homeless and career criminals anyways. You know, when they get sick of locking guys up, when they get sick of this one homeless guy on the corner, hey, man, you ever been to Oakland? Get <laughs> <laughs> you a one-way bus ticket. You know, we'll, we'll so, find that I mean, criminal record and we'll send you right out there. All right, let's just turn California into, like, you know, the homeless camp for the country. I don't know. All like Escape people. from L.A.? It's, it's like the South Park, uh, it's the South Park, uh, it's like, California, nah. Really nice for the homeless. <laughs> All right, we're gonna start a petition to. Uh, change. Wow, we're gonna have a petition uh, to pass around that makes sure Nick never sings on a podcast again. <laughs> so I think ideologically. You guys remember that episode though? Night of the yes, I do. I do remember that episode. It's a great episode. It's a good uh, one. But uh, you know, ideologically, you know, the whole the whole concept of being illegal you know, is pretty stupid. Uh, there's things in place. You know, we have the social safety net, our tax structure, social security, food stamps, Medicare, Medicaid, blah, 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 that if all that were not in place, it would be a totally moot point for anybody to just freely walk across the border. Mm. Uh, so it's, it's one of those things that, you know, as long as you're stealing from me before I get my paycheck, I should have a say in how it's divvied up. You know, and, and you know, as long as you're putting out advertisements for all the poor of the world to come up here and, and pillage, it's pretty crappy. You know, so at that point, it's, yeah, I'm going to put them in your backyard. Yeah, this is the other thing is they're not necessarily just Central Americans or Mexicans or whatever. People are coming through Mexico from like Africa. Yeah. And because they know, you know, regardless, they're coming here for a lot of times the welfare magnet and, you know, not to say that their life might not have really sucked in their home country and they should come here, but you know, there's so much that the federal government's doing to encourage it with welfare. And then the active measures like Steve's talking about where they actually invite people over. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Considering how, how long like the actual legal immigration process is like the fact that, so many people get to this country with, I mean, it's not, it's not, it's relative ease. It's it's relatively quickly, I guess. It's not easy, I guess, but it, the quickness is absolutely ridiculous. And the fact that we have people pushing to, I mean, I don't understand open borders libertarians. It makes absolutely no sense to me. I'm on like Dave Smith's side of this argument. Uh, 100% agree with Dave Smith. Like, as long as there is a state, they should be enforcing our borders because all of our tax money goes to all these different things and they're going to just ruin um, ruin the U.S. Yeah, I would say as long as there's compulsory income taxes. Uh, so, yeah. you know, I, I can see what the open borders crowd is all about because Ron Paul's talked about it as well. You know, the concept of being an illegal person is stupid. Uh, but we've, we've erected the social safety net around this current government structure. So, you know, as as long as these underlying conditions exist of a portion of your paycheck is stolen from you before you get it, we have all these, you know, mandatory obligations to take care of folks that can't care for themselves. Well, then, you know, at that point, 
you should close the doors. I, yep. I, was, Wasn't, I think I saw another article this earlier this week about like New York City public schools. Uh, the enrollment they've had from migrants is like off the chart levels to the point like I think someone ran the numbers. I, I think this sticks out to me, the numbers they came up with in there. They're like, well, if you count, you know, this number of, of uh, people, this number of kids enrolling in it, then an average class size of this, you're going to need like 150 extra classrooms at least above what, what already yeah. exists. So, that is so many. How long ago was it that we did have open borders? Like was, what year um, was it? When... Basically like... Before, before, like Wait. say Ellis Island, I guess. Is it that long ago? But even Ellis, but even Ellis Island is almost open border. You know, it was basically like, do you have up. any like diseases? No. Yeah, it was. Uh, you, you quarantine for thirty days, get your new American name, and get on with it. <laughs> your misspelled name, yeah. Giuseppe <laughs> <laughs> sounds like Jerry to me. Welcome to America. Yeah. Well, can we talk about how, you know, the people supporting this a lot of times, and I don't mean the libertarians, because I get it, we're all like, you know, philo philosophical and autistic in that way. Mostly, but, you know, like, you know, the people in charge who are doing this, they're doing it because these will one day be people who vote for them. It's not that they're That's great humanitarians. Help. It's mm. because that eventually there'll be some voting rights act that lets them all now vote Democrat. Well, or, it's, or it's, you know, it's, like it's, you have in California where the DMV became the Department of Mexican Voting, where as long as you get a driver's license, you can go vote. So, yeah. uh, you know, yep. that's there's states that are doing those things. Yep. Uh, that's why that's why Georgia, you know, as crappy as it is, I hate it. You know, they did that gold star thing, you know, where you go bring a, a blood sample and a, and a hair sample from your firstborn and all kind of stuff to verify <laughs> who you are. Uh, but among those is your Social Security card. So without that, you don't get a driver's license because that's what you flash to vote. I wanted to say like one thing on like kind of like another side of this, not to like oppose what you're saying necessarily. Um, this is one of those areas where I'm more like just like questions than answers. I, I really it's a complicated thing and I really just like don't have much of a strong opinion. But um, I know a lot of the times in different areas. Well, you're, like, you're not here without strong opinions. I have very strong opinions about some things, yeah. But, um, but take Mexico, for example, and a lot of the reasons why some people want to leave and come here, as I understand it, is actually things that are they're pressured by like cartel and mafioso type stuff down there that's caused by drug trafficking and things that when they're bringing drugs into this country because of our laws. And then you have, so if we, it's, weird it's ironic that they want to come here to escape a bad situation there that's caused by our laws here and then also it gets into smuggling and cia and all that kind of shit but um that it's not just like i feel like when we talk about like migrant stuff in just the narrow band of just the border and just that kind of thing and what to do with it i also like to sometimes expand that to like if we were to do something to the causal side of why there are people trying to migrate here and if we were to mitigate oh, that on that level it would help us well. drug war uh nafta uh our dollar manipulation you know all of these things have led to cooling countries of... in latin america yeah yes yeah oh yeah. again with the cia getting involved with that too or whatever but uh, uh to briefly go back to as jake was saying there about you know getting the votes and uh you know eventually 
I mean, that's the way it fails, right? I've got a quote here from Alexander Fraser Teitler that I found a uh, interesting one, right? A democracy cannot exist as a permanent form of government. It can only exist until the voters discover they can vote themselves largesse from the public treasury. From that moment on, the majority always votes for the candidate promising the most benefits from the public treasury with the result that a democracy always collapses over loose fiscal policy, always followed by a dictatorship. The average age of the world's greatest civilizations has been 200 years. These nations have progressed through this sequence from bondage to spiritual faith, from spiritual faith to great courage, from courage to liberty, from liberty to abundance, from abundance to selfishness, from selfishness to apathy, from apathy to dependence, from dependence back into bondage. Who said this? Alexander Fraser Teitler. T-Y-T-L-E-R. This is similar to like Plato's like political wheel where he basically talks about like the tyranny and then people want to live free and then they eventually get freedom and then but then they vote for tyranny again and like yeah the, the easy times and the soft men and right. then the soft men. That's another times. similar. So based yeah. on this, I, I, I would say that we are somewhere from apathy moving into dependence. I would say mm. I think moved out of selfishness maybe to apathy we might still be there but i know somewhere between Z, voting for largesse and dictator yes that too <laughs> definitely, definitely i'll always vote for so, largesse you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> and we're at about 250 years when they say the max is 200 but so nice. I, I that quote came up on a podcast uh, a couple weeks ago and i was like that's a really good one and i figured i'd share that Oh yeah, well, and, and there's there's poli sci professors in, in colleges, you know, the ones that are willing to be honest, uh, that will admit that we're long since not been a constitutional republic. We're definitely not a democracy. We're never right. you know, we're democratic by nature. What we are we? To be a democracy. Democrat was a cuss word back in the day that would get hmm. you shot in public in front of your wife if you called someone a democrat during the colonial times. Um, Modern day, you know, obviously means something different, but I feel it's like just, we're circling back. It's just it's funny because you, you see the Hopefully. news channels; and they typically go around it. They call it the Democratic Party. Why don't you call it the Democrat Party? You call it the Democrat Party from an actual Democrat Party member, and they get offended. Really, mm -hmm. dude? You know, what's so offensive about it? You know, interesting. But it's just we're we're a corporate oligarchy when you really yeah. get down to it. I agree. I mean, we have one of our we have trillion dollar failed companies. guests. When we try to get Cynthia McKinney on here, that was one of her big things is she mm. always tries to like teach her students about the various forms of government, including like the crazy off the wall ones. Mm. And I think she said we're like a cacistocracy, and that's not like cac the good cac, but she it was like, you know, the government run by the worst people in society. Mm -hmm. like, yeah, that sounds about right. We have, oh, yeah. yeah. The revolving door of like private and like basically like private thugs that then pose as public servants which they don't care at all and but I mean, trick got, people into thinking they do honestly are the top 10 companies in this country today which by the way pay no taxes after they do all the loopholes they do the what is it the double irish dutch sandwich uh i think trump yeah. tried to close that loophole it's called the double irish it dutch just means sandwich. they're so, smart yeah you have shell companies in <laughs> multiple countries and you 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 have your you, you know this shell company here goes through that company there and you find uh, the Ireland and then, company holds all the IP so everything gets paid back there as a royalty yeah yeah and yeah. The, and and you totally <laughs> evade US taxes um, and so you take like the top 10 companies so the biggest corporation in the world 
was the Dutch East India Trading Company, right? Mm -hmm. So you take all their assets, all their things, you adjust it for inflation. It's worth, I think, 12 to 13 trillion, something like that. Uh, our top 10 companies are very close. I think the largest employer in the world, not company specifically, because I can't call it that, but employer is the U.S. military. Mm. Just as I know they have more detail. golf courses than anyone else. Well, when you've got companies like, uh, like I don't know, but I, like when you have, uh, you know, companies like BlackRock and Vanguard who, mm -hmm. you know, create the products that are in your retirement account when they use your money to buy up the actual shares of all the other companies so that they have, you know, large voting percentages on the board so that they can push their uh, their agendas through. And, mm -hmm. you know, the laws, for, the laws don't force you to participate in that system, but more or less, like, if you want to take advantage as, you know, a normal working person, that... Uh, that's kind of what you're forced to do is, you know, the 401ks, the IRAs buy, buy into the products that you're allowed to have on, you know, tax deferred basis and, uh, you know, all that money goes right to right into the pockets of the people who hate you. And, uh, you know, you finance the current thing is one of the, uh, best articles I've, that I've come across on it. Guy Swan does a great reading on his, uh, Bitcoin audible podcast of, okay. uh, of that article, I highly, highly recommend people look up. Uh, I finance the current thing. Okay. So basically, we're yeah. there's tax policy makes us fund ESG and eating the bugs. Yeah. <laughs> I guess basically. so. Like double Irish yeah. with a Dutch sandwich definition. The double yeah. Irish with a Dutch sandwich. Good lord is a tax avoidance technique employed by certain large corporations involving the use of a combination of Irish and Dutch subsidiary companies to shift profits to low or no tax jurisdictions. The technique has made it possible for certain corporations to reduce their overall corporate tax rates dramatically. Gosh, that sounds awesome. Right? It sounds delicious. Let's get everybody get a to cute do name. That. Yeah. 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 I want to do that. How do I do it? <laughs> well first you need a hundred million dollars yeah you don't have enough money to do it yeah you don't know yeah. that <laughs> well i don't actually <laughs> that's fair that's the guy living in a van uh, yeah <laughs> Down by the river. but yeah so grumpy had a point earlier too bringing out uh, you know china because canada in the 80s had a big crackdown on chinese immigration it was it was a big problem for them and and even you know socialist canada was all up in arms about We've got to stop the Chinese influx. They're taking over. And I think Grumpy was saying it's Chinese people that are coming from the southern border, too. Oh, absolutely. It's not like yeah. they're, you know, we've always had like students who come here and overstay their visa or whatever. Right. But it's just weird. Like, you know, the person swimming over the Rio Grande is Chinese. Well, you and, say and Rio we'll, Grande. Well, you can be a Texan and say Rio Grande. Don't say Rio. Sorry, Grande. I didn't even mean to say it that way. I just don't. I was thinking of Ariana Grande and. <laughs> well, and we know during the Bush years too, there were there were, um, you know, radical Muslims. You know, not radical in the sense that they rode skateboards and stuff. Uh, <laughs> they were coming from Iran and other places in the Middle East over into Mexico, and at the time it was President Vicente Fox, and he was passing out comic books of uh, teaching these guys how to shave their beard and speak Spanish and look like a Mexican and come up here. Interesting. You know, 
And then it was what, you know, five, six years ago, we have these, uh, you know, Al Qaeda training camps in Northwest Georgia. And it's like, dude, if you're photographing this and writing a news article about it, fly a drone over there for God's sakes. For real? Interesting. Um, Sorry, I'm looking something up. Y'all keep going. All right. Well, uh, I'm out of it. So I'll talk to you guys later. Have a good night, man. Yeah. See you, Nick. Thanks, buddy. Let me see. You know, uh, Ringo Starr played a Mexican gardener in a really bad movie in the 60s. Just a weird bit of trivia there. All right. Yeah. I'm digging it. That movie is, it's called Candy. It's wild. It's full of weird, like, MK Ultra level, like, CIA symbolism stuff or whatever. It's bizarre. I think I'm going to do, like, a whole thing on it later. What's the movie again? Candy. Candy. Okay. Very little known movie, but it has like so many famous Marlon Brando and like Sugar Ray Robinson and Ringo Starr and like uh, the wife of like uh, Keith Richards and like it's just celebrity studded. It's like a weird movie, but it made like no money. It honestly is an absolute Hollywood weirdness thing. But interesting. Um, We'll come back to that much much later. We're talking about the Chinese folks swimming across the Rio Grande. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this 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 came to mind. I don't know if young people ever think that you're Mexican. (laughs) Anyway, uh, that's ridiculous, bro. Yes. (laughs) Which because I was on Mad TV. But which one is it? It's ridiculous, or the answer is yes. Yes, I they do think I'm Mexican. Yeah, easily. Yeah. I could easily see somebody if you're driving by on a truck or something, you're going at least right. 35 miles an hour. I'm like, oh, there's a Mexican guy. And know? I roll down my window. I go, you, you go Raiders. <laughs> and I do that, right? <laughs> hey, bro, what's happening? <laughs> dude, you would be a good Mexican. Man. Hey, dude, what's <laughs> happening? <laughs> so anyway, dumb people. Are- oh, man. You know what a Mexican says when his homework flies out the window? <laughs> what? Come back, essay. <laughs> That's so good. That's oh so God. dumb and so good. But <laughs> all right, guys. Now that we're at our core for tonight, it is trivia time. All right. Welcome to. Uh, oh, there we go. Thanks, Zach, for turning on the music. Welcome to Libations Trivia, everybody. The show where Zane always wins, except for when he's not here. Um. So everybody's got a shot tonight. Let me, is he in the audience? Show up in the chat. <laughs> if he shows up in the chat, I'm blocking the audience. Like they can't. <laughs> I, I can't do that tonight. Um, sorry. <laughs> I normally have this already pulled up. Actually, about half the time I have it already pulled up on my end. Give me one second. So I gotta have the answers here because I don't so know. I, I did it this day in history. I'll, I'll go ahead and give you some time here. I, I, I did a this day in history email to some guys at work a couple of days ago. Uh, you know, just kind of start at the work week and kind of you know set the mood and all that kind of stuff. Nice. And uh, I, I work with somebody's last name is McKinley. You know, so I looked it up, and uh, September sixth. Yeah, September sixth, nineteen oh one. President William McKinley was fatally shot at the Pan American Expo in Buffalo, New York. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, uh, you know, people think presidents being shot is like this weird thing. Everybody's like, oh, that only happened to Lincoln. And it's like, no, we got Reagan got uh, shot. Yeah. Reagan got shot, for God's sakes. Um, like modern so, times. Yeah. Yep. 
Yep. Like JFK was was the only one since Lincoln that was actually shot and killed at the same time. Yeah. All Joe right. Biden well, Biden got it, shot. We don't know. You know. Like, wasn't it an anarchist who shot McKinley? <laughs> I'm not sure. Yes. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Well, that gave us a bad name. Yeah, if Nick was here, he'd yeah. say based, but I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, the all-time scoreboard is Zane with nine, Nick with three. Guests have two. Steve has one. Audience has one. And Alden has one. Um, Zach, you're not on this list, but you will be after today. How about that? Hey. Zach, do you know All how right. to play? Do you know the rules? Do you know them at this point? I think so. I think I got it. All right, just reach for that camera, man. Otherwise, I'm never going to be able to see it. Good job, Alden. Good, <laughs> good strike. I'm practicing. <laughs> All right. Round one, this day in history. Here we go. On this day in 1813, what American mascot was named? A national level mascot? Yes. Alden. Uncle Sam? Uncle Sam. Okay. Oh, man. Uncle Sam. Yeah, technically not a mascot, but I thought it was deriding enough to uh, be good. No, I'll go with it. I'll go with it because I got it right. All right. I love it. Uh, Let me pull up Alden scoreboard. I want you to win trivia. There we go. (laughs) Good start for Alden. All right, next question. On this day in 1977, the U.S. agrees to transfer what massive construction project to what foreign country? Please keep making mouth noises. It's not annoying. (laughs) (laughs) Alden. The Dallas Cowboys Stadium, France. (laughs) (laughs) Wrong. Come on, y'all. You, you just, know this. I should I'll make something up. Enormous construction project not happening within this country. Oh. We transferred it. Hmm. Grumpy Gnome, if you're still watching, you should get this one. But y'all got 10 seconds. So it's us, but we didn't build it here and then we didn't build it at all we built it and then transferred the end of it to another country some sort of aircraft carrier to like three in japan two one (laughs) panama canal oh Uh, okay (laughs) okay Uh, all right the way these are is kicking my butt hey you're just gonna have to get used to it i'm not gonna just hand you the answer they I'm almost didn't finish it. That's why they had to transfer it to someone else because they almost didn't finish it because everyone was dying of malaria. If I wanted a handout, <laughs> yes, yes, there was. I would go to China and fly over to South America and walk here. Oh, wow. Wow. That's smart of you. <laughs> That's a good plan. On this day in 1936, responsible for hits such as That'll Be the Day and Every Day, what legendary rock and roll singer was born? Alden. Is it Buddy Holly? Good job, Alden. Yeah. It, it is right. Buddy Holly. I think, didn't he die also on the same He may have died on the same day. some legend who died and was born on the same day. I I wanted to say, because that's why I paused, because I was like, wait a minute. Jackie Chan. <laughs> I, why this is like the thing now. I love it. 
<laughs> I wanted to say, uh, when I saw Born, that's what threw me off, because like my mind coded it as the day he died, like the day the music ah. died, you know what I mean? Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. So now I got to look that up and see if it's both or not. Yeah, but. it could be. It could be. On this day, 1996, which up-and-coming rapper was shot and killed? Alden. Tupac. Tupac Shakur. Alden, if Zane's not here, you do well. He's just so fast. I he yeah, I honestly so fast. I I'll think we're, we're right. Me and Alden are both right behind him a lot of the time. Yeah. Yep. Sure. Yeah. He's just. I think he just like reads like a robot, dude. That's like, that's exactly it. He his reading comprehension skills are off the charts. I have ADHD, and so I'm actually a slow reader. Um, mm. Unless, have you ever seen the bionic reading thing where the first letter of every word is capitalized or bold and i can then i can read it like a whiz but that's bionic yeah, it works reading. for me too yeah yes yeah. look into bionic reading dude if you haven't tried it it's amazing i need to that i read like i read like a snail yeah dude do a bionic reading test it's amazing but i was gonna say we should maybe try doing audio only reading of the questions and then raise your hand by the time you hear it because zane's just like he reads it in like a flash dude it's crazy oh i can't compete with that yeah Interesting. So I just have like question number four and then me read the question on my yeah. end. Yeah. I, okay. I actually like that a lot. We'll do, because yeah, I'll, I'll try that next week. It's, I think it's not a coincidence that I do better when he's not here. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. There we go. And okay. I got the stigmatism yeah. in my left eye, man. It's just See, certain. I'm okay. telling you, man. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's enough. <laughs> next question. On this day in 1864, during the Civil War, which southern city was evacuated to avoid a large death toll during Sherman's march to the sea? Stephen. Atlanta. Atlanta is correct. Mm. Good job, Dang. Stephen. Which, uh, before Atlanta, it was called Marthasville, which was really? the name of the governor's wife at the time. Wow. I did not Her name that. was Marthasville? And then before that, it was called Terminus because it was the end of the railway. Oh, interesting. That's yeah. cool. Good Atlanta right. trivia. And that, and this, so after Sherman's march too, that's why Atlanta's motto is resurgence, and mm. they have the phoenix as their as their logo because they rose from the ashes. Is that well, like every, on the flag? Everyone like knows. Atlanta? Everyone knows the Atlanta Atlanta flag and Atlanta logo. Everyone knows that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next question. On this day in 1776, the first attack of this kind was perpetrated by an American craft named Turtle. What kind of attack was even? Submarine. Submarine is mm. correct. Mm. Uh, the submersible craft turtle attempts to attach a time bomb to the hull of the British ship Eagle and failed miserably. <laughs> oh, I'm interested in what actually ended up happening there. Yeah, go read about it. It's funny. Yeah. <laughs> On this day in 1940, the Blitz began as Germany started bombing what city? Alden. Ah, I thought I had it when it until it was city, but I was going to say Poland. And now wrong. Zach. Okay. London. London is correct. Is it? Okay. Nice. Wait, uh, what year was it? 1940. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was after Poland. Yeah. They Poland. did Poland in like 1938. I thought Poland was Blitzkrieg or something, but yes. Yeah. That's so it's Blitzkrieg, Blitzkrieg then. Okay. My bad. Yeah. Correct. Correct. On this day in 70 AD, the Roman army under general Titus occupies and plunders what major city? Zach. Constantinople. No, good guess though. Alden. It's Titus. It's Titus. <laughs> <laughs> Just wanted to go. correct you. Okay, yeah. my bad. Steven, you got an answer? Uh, 
Cairo. No. No. Open back up to the floor. Who wants it? Mm. Istanbul. That's the same thing as Constantinople, Zach. <laughs> Alden. Athens? No. Berlin. Truly just guessing. Berlin? Is that you said Berlin? It's London. <laughs> All right. So open back know. up to the floor. It is a massively religious city. Oh. Rome. Alden. Jerusalem. Jerusalem is correct. Oh. Okay. There we go. All right. Next question. That was a good hint. On this day in 1714, the Holy Roman Empire in France signed what treaty ending the War of Spanish Succession? None of y'all are going to get this. The only no, person we don't have Zane. Yeah. Stephen? Versailles, the Treaty of Versailles. No. Oh, okay. That was my guess. Yeah. yeah that that would have been my guess too. Alden. The Paris Accords. <laughs> no. Paris, no. Paris, come on. Um, here, y'all entertain yourselves for one second. Give me one second, yo. Okay. Apologies. Go, Steve. No worries. What are you thinking right now? Hmm. So, should we just all Google it the and then all magically the Spanish know? Spanish secession. Okay, so the Holy Roman Empire and France signed what treaty ending the War of Holy? Okay. So the Spanish secession. Have you ever heard so of we... that Spanish city where like everything is legal? Like they just openly sell drugs. It's in like Catalonia or something. Really? Ibiza? Oh well, probably. That's for rich people. The one for not, poor people. Not necessarily. I mean, guys like me and you go to. I've got buddies in their late twenties that go to Ibiza for summertime hey, for a few weeks. I'm globally rich. All right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it would. I have would not have heard to, of this. I think it would have to do something. So it's technically in. Oh, leftist anarchist commune is everything i'm fairly sure it's spain or just all uh, drugs? i mean they st just all drugs really okay yeah. so it's they not still like all crimes catalonia is not the, not decided yeah, leftist Cat catalonia rebelled against the socialism they were uh, damn near ancaps um, oh i don't know if anything i'm saying is accurate like i probably got oh, yeah. in the wrong country by now the wrong <laughs> City. It's like the telephone game. Like every detail is. Well, now I mean, been Spain's got like their their states and their regions that all have their own cultures and all that kind of stuff. So that's you know that's what kind of throw me threw me off was. Uh, so I know the Moors were the Muslim group that invaded. It's Moops. That's when so they invaded. It was the 14th century, right? Because that's when uh, Cordoba is the city in Spain. Uh, that they took, and that was a big significance because then they were converting cathedrals into mosques. And, that, and that's mm. when bullfighting became a thing. Uh, the Muslims brought that to Spain. Uh, so I mean, the bullfighting was brought yeah, to Spain. Yeah, they gave they gave us astronomy and geometry and the and concept of zero, but they also gave us bullfighting. Yeah, um, yeah. The, they I knew the concept alcohol, of but they don't drink it. Yes. All right. That's Grump interesting. Grumpy yeah. gnome is incorrect. Do we have any more guesses for this one? Okay, that's a no. I have it's no idea. Aiden, never heard I of would it. Never have gotten that. Thank you. Nope. No. Yep. No. No one. No one. No one would have. <laughs> um, There's one right. here just to humble us every once in a while, you know. Yeah, because Zane would have gotten that one. We all know. Yeah. That. Yeah. Zane's rolling yeah. over in his throne right now. <laughs> <laughs> it is throat. All right. Final question of round one. On this day in 1979, which sports-centric network debuted? Z Zach. ESPN. ESPN is correct. Mm. Nice. Steven, you were just a split second too late. After one I'm also round, the only one who doesn't watch sports. <laughs> yeah, I think. Well, but like, 
I think the people that are like too into sports are like, which one is it? And you're just like, I don't know. Yeah, ESPN. I only like, know it, one. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like I should have, you know, picked it too. But honestly, good on you. Um, after one round, Alden four, Stephen and Zach tied for two. Audience, you have a big fat goose egg. And tonight, it seems like the only audience member on YouTube is Grumpy Gnome. So Grumpy, you're you're failing horribly. Um, we're we're embarrassed to call you a. Well, so a are we. <laughs> all right, round two is all about the Civil War. Here we go. The Civil War saw the first widespread use of what style of battle that would later become prevalent during World War One? Stephen. Prevalent in World War uh, Trench warfare. Trench warfare is correct. Two points, yeah. for Stephen. Yeah, I'm back to being slow. Shut up. Yeah. Um, let's see. Next question: For what reason did the Union Army create a balloon corps? Oh gosh, that was a tie between all that. Y'all raised your hand at the exact same time. Um, it was. Do you want to do rock paper scissors? Alden was first. Alden was first. Oh, you're a gentleman yeah. and a scholar. Um, spying. Stephen, what were you gonna say? Uh. Sending messages. Okay. It is reconnaissance. Going to <clears throat> Alden for that one. I was going to say to drop bombs on people. <laughs> they just peed from the balloon, you know. There you go. <laughs> to burn everything not blue with a laser beam. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next question. What was the name of the first submarine in history to sink an enemy warship? Alden. The turtle. <laughs> I'm <laughs> it kidding. Was not the turtles. That. I know. Subby McSubface. That was the one. <laughs> uh, Steven, make uh, us Steven. look good. It's it's like the the ironclad or something like that. Mm. No, no, those those weren't submarines. Okay. Anybody got a guess? It's open back up to the floor. Something in German. It is not it's in German. Bundeswager. <laughs> Botensinken. It is somebody's <laughs> last name. It is H L blank. Alden. Minkin. Rigby. Not Rigby. <laughs> Steven. Minkin? No. Zach, okay. you get one more yeah. guess, and then we're, then we're going to end. I was going to say Minkin, too. Really? Okay. I don't know. That's <laughs> I it. I shouted it out. H.L. Hunley of the Confederacy. Uh, oh, All right. of course. Oh, yeah. Totally. Next question. What is the story behind why Abraham Lincoln grew his beard? Zach. Some young girl wrote him a letter saying he looked good with a beard. You nailed it. Wow. 11-year-old year old girl named Grace Bedell wrote him and told him it would improve his appearance. Wow. So PR campaign of the 11-year-old, like, yeah. interesting. Yeah. Well, fun fact, it would also hold garlic near his neck so the vampires couldn't get to him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh... Next question. The Battle of Pig Point, fought on September 15, 1863, is thought to have been the world's last naval battle between what type of ships? Alden. Sailing? Wooden? <laughs> Wooden sailing? Wooden warships. Yes. I was trying to think of names of ships, like, oh, catamarans. Um, <laughs> the, the I was going to say a schooners. Um, the schooners, yeah. I'm I like sorry. the catamarans. The jet skis going to war. 
Hang on, Aravel. sorry. One second. No worries. A An yacht. old, old wooden ship. Used hey. during the Civil War era. Y'all, give me a minute. I gotta go see <laughs> what the frick is going on outside. Hang it's on. It's just a mountain lion. It's fine. Well, and then, uh, you know, A1 Steak Sauce was also created in 1865. Uh, was it A1? Oh, yeah. Like at the beginning of 1865, someone was like, you know what this country really needs? A delicious steak sauce. <laughs> I'm glad we well, put our minds to, to work. Mushroom ketchup, which I want to make. Apparently, you just like boil down mushroom water until it's a thick a paste. sauce and put that on your steak or whatever. Right on. I'm going to try this. There was a guy grilling a lion's mane mushroom to turn that into a steak. Mm hmm. I mean, the thing yeah, filled the great. pan. I mean, it was like as big as a guy's head. And then I've seen people holding, yeah, huge. You know, once the water came out of it, he was able to like press it down into a steak. I'm like, that mm. was delicious. All right. We're going to, just FYI, we're going to have to end this a little early today. We're having a uh, malfunction up here. But uh, mm. let's get through this, go through a couple more things, and then uh, I got to go early. Um, Y'all okay. can keep okay. going, but I got to go. So, yeah. All right. Let's go. <clears throat> round three. So after round two, Alden has six, Steven has four, Zach has four. Round three, ways of water, three points each. Here we go. Before the United States took over construction of the Panama Canal, which country attempted the feat in the 1880s? Steven. France. France is correct. Nice. All right. You picked them just because they didn't get it done, right? <laughs> it's a dead giveaway, you know. That's right. Yeah. They got halfway into it and they went, eh. <laughs> <laughs> Why work so hard? Uh, you know, you relax a little bit. Next <laughs> next question. The Panama Canal uses a system of locks to shuttle ships between the Atlantic and Pacific Oceans. Why are these locks needed? Zach. Because the oceans are at different levels. Freaking nailed it. Isn't that so bizarre? Like they're the same dadgum ocean. They're all connected. It, There's only one title? ocean. Well, and that's, and that's thing, also right? yeah. that's key to remember that too, because when, when everybody talks about the sea levels are rising, the sea levels are rising. Okay, are you are you taking measurements right where two oceans come together? Climate you know, denier. Because, climate denier. <laughs> I mean, like, so you know, the, the the mountaintop elevations are defined by how far they uh they are above mean sea level so it's an average sea level across the globe mm. guys grumpy more surveyor back. talk we, yeah. we gotta get grumpy back grumpy don't give up we love you <laughs> <laughs> all right final question it whoever gets this wins steven has seven oh, nice. has six zach has seven it is still about panama canal so here we go uh-oh. Canal Constructions was one of the biggest excavation projects in history. Which wonder of the world could fit inside the canal at certain depths? Alden. Pyramids of Giza. The Great Pyramid of Giza. Woo! Wow. I was going to say the Bass Pro Shop. <laughs> <laughs> that is a better answer, though. Yeah. All right, y'all. See when How Zane's not here. That? It's actually competitive. Yeah. Uh, let's, uh, let's see if I can... Oh, yeah, that's what I should have always been doing is uh, shared the scoreboard at the very end. Boom. Score. Steven, seven. Alden, nine. Zach, seven. Audience, zip.
Zilch. Nada. Zilch. What a funny word. Oh. We should use zilch more. <laughs> we should use zilch more. It's great. All right, y'all. Thank y'all for playing. I love doing trivia. Um, I think that was fun. I think it's a lot of fun. I love that we made that a segment on our thing. I like making it. I learn a lot of stuff. It's wonderful. Oh, yeah. We so, should talk in depth more about who killed Tupac. Oh, Biggie. We, Biggie. Okay. Duh. Who, um, killed, right. who killed Biggie? Or was it Diddy? Diddy is involved, I think. Did Diddy kill both of them? I think Diddy was clearly the the benefactor of So he, he just guys. gave music rights back to Faith Hill and somebody else. And everyone's like, oh, because he know he going to jail. <laughs> you know, really? And, and it's like, well, maybe because he's a billionaire and it's a waste of his damn time right now. Like, he's, yeah. he's richer than Jay-Z. He's got more money than Jay-Z. Well, yeah, but because he, he sells shitty pants and stuff. Like, Oh, yeah. $400 pants, you know, ripped up jeans. Like, you take a perfectly pair of blue jeans, perfectly good pair of blue jeans, rip them up with scissors. Yeah. Sell them for Charge more for them, yeah. Right. Yeah. That's or why Kanye. I came up with an idea. No one wants to carry this yet, but pre-sweated T-shirts. <laughs> they got stains. Uh, like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, for the, for the you know, the average soy boy you know, that sits inside in the air conditioning all day, you can actually, like, look rugged. You know, a little impression lady without the stench, right? Get a little bacon collar and some dirt on the bottom. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you got yeah. the stains, you got a little bit of a rip, and you're like, oh, yeah, I was working so hard today on the side of the highway. Oh, Kanye sells like $100 white tees, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> what do you do? Right, Here we go. So this is how the rest of the substance is going to work. I put the, uh, the five other links for the articles and the tweets and stuff in the private chat. Um, so once I leave, y'all start hitting those one by one. Zach, you can pull them up. Um, but for now, I want to do the funny stuff because the funny stuff is like, I love I love seeing what makes y'all laugh. So let's see how this goes. <laughs> um, we're going to, this is normally the end to our show, but we're going to do it right smack dab in the middle today. <clears throat> um, here we go. Let's, let's do it. All right. So mind you, this is an electric fence. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Got nothing in my brain. Got nothing in my brain. Got nothing in my brain. That horse is literally just licking the electric fence. Repeat. Is he? I can't see it on my end. Oh, that's a bummer. And he ends up biting it at the end. And he's just enjoying it the whole time. Oh my god, that's uh, weird. Yeah. He keeps like, doing it? He he I mean he's literally just licking it repeatedly. I'll I'll send you the link. It's so dang funny. I do want to see this. All right, so this is a guy. Um, he's interacting with a fake person um, who is a dog owner, and the title is me talking to like 70 percent of people who own a dog. <laughs> Always barking. That's something he does. Yeah, I totally get that. Uh, a lot of people don't know this. You can actually train dogs to behave in a manner uh, that you would like them to. It's a pretty important part of owning a dog, as a matter of fact. The rest of it is just making sure they get exercise and you feed them regularly and let them outside so they can go to the bathroom. But I can tell by the pile of shit on the rug here in the living room with us that you can't even do one of those three things. So please do not have children. <laughs> Always bark. And... Uh... <laughs> And um, that reminds in me honor, of the intro to Idiocracy. Yes, yes. In honor of NFL kicking off, here is maybe the best running back play of all time 
especially by an elementary school child. Lockdown <laughs> never what? Never give up. Never back down. Never what? Dang. Never give up. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he literally just stiff arms six the kids whole team. The end yeah. <laughs> He's just nice. Stiff arms the ever living crap out of them. It's All the right. nice Derrick Henry. Final, final funny thing uh, before I have to head out is uh, this comedian telling jokes, and <coughs> it'll, it'll speak for itself. It's not doing good. Not doing great, man. If he wins, Kamala Harris will be the president. Don't worry, I don't do an impression of Kamala Harris. <laughs> Obviously, it's okay for a white guy to do an impression of a retarded hyena. So, <laughs> there's the line. I'm not crossing the line. I know that joke was offensive to hyenas, but I had to just. That divided room. Is this divided politically? Literally the whole right side. I'm down here now. Forget you guys. I'm coming down. Let's go. Let's go. Build the wall. No, no. (laughs) (laughs) Offensive to hyenas everywhere. I I thought that was hilarious. Um, But yeah, sorry. We're We're having technical issues up here. It is storming when it was never not in the forecast whatsoever mm. once again proof that meteorologists have no idea what the frick they're talking about um so <laughs> i would yeah. love to be one in san diego though so they'd be like hey what's the weather report this right. week nice back to you yeah. <laughs> that'll be 150 yep. grand a year please yeah <laughs> all right well uh yeah enjoyed enjoyed this y'all have enjoyed doing doing podcasts with y'all from montana looking forward to doing more close to y'all and actually coming to be able to visit y'all and with internet out and with internet that is (laughs) perfectly stable the entire time i'm so looking forward to that and not have a half-built van behind me as my background (laughs) you can go back to getting bit by dogs and there we go wounds while much more my it's much more my comfort zone Mm -hmm. (laughs) all right y'all steven alden zach cheers brothers i'll see you cheers we'll see you in georgia soon that's all right so we want to bring up the next thing already yeah yeah yeah. let's keep this thing rolling man okay so So, uh, i'm gonna go get another beer guys okay okay you go zach i was about to say I'm going to go to the bathroom. You guys go ahead and talk, but well, hey, I can't just hey, leave I'll, you by yourself. I don't care. <laughs> brother, go do your thing. I'll wait for him to get back. He can't okay. wait that long. So, uh, you know, we've got the J6 prosecutions as well. So, you know, that's not the only, um, what is it? The, you know, the indictments, the 61 indictments for the, the Rico statutes for cop yeah, city, have- as they call it, is not the only ridiculous form of lawfare yeah. going on in the news these days. We've got the J6 stuff that's still going on. Okay. So, I don't know if you guys have seen the, the, the headlines that, you know, the Q shaman was finally let out, um, you know, because that guy just turned out to he was just a benevolent autist that was totally buying into the whole QAnon thing. And he did nothing unpeaceful at all. Uh, you know, he got a few photo ops here and there, but he was literally walking around inside the Capitol building offering medical attention to anybody that looked distressed. Uh, so being escorted by the cops at times. Yeah, he was escorted by DHS and the Capitol Police. Uh, and similarly, you have uh, Enrique Tario, uh, the leader of the Proud Boys organization. Uh, take that for what it is, whatever. You know, the guy was going around, I mean, 
unless you only listen to Fox News or CNN, you saw this guy on every podcast known to man from October all the way to January leading up to J6. And this guy was like, hey, if you're in a Proud Boys chapter, if you know anyone that is, tell them you saw this. I'm the leader. Do not do this. Don't mm. go. Don't go. You know, don't don't rabble rouse. Don't go looking for anything. He's like, if you go at all, he's like, don't even have so much as a pocket knife on you. Hmm. You know, he, he was like, come totally unarmed. Do nothing. They caught this man on the tarmac. This man was not even in Washington, D.C. This is Enrique Target and Enrique Tario. I'm talking about right now. Mm hmm. Never even made it in the city limits or whatever of Washington, D.C. Never made it within the boundaries of, of of the district. He got 22 years in prison. Okay, so now we have... Oh, I saw you yeah, saying that. Yeah, so now we have another InfoWars host, Owen Schroyer. Uh, you know, he works for Alex Jones. Uh, but in, in his off time, uh, he works uh, for the church. And uh, he works for disabled children uh, for charity and stuff. Uh, so this guy's just—he's just a good, solid, upstanding dude, uh, just kind of you know, just speaking his mind, exercising his First Amendment like we all are right now. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, he was there. Of course, he was there. You know, in tandem with Alex Jones that day, they did have a meeting with President Trump that morning. Uh, but then, you know, he was one of the guys with a megaphone saying, "Don't go in there. Don't do this." Hey, you know, if you're if you're looking for violence at all. Don't go in there. Mm -hmm. And they're trying to give this guy four months in prison just for speaking out. And meanwhile, everyone that ushered people through the doors and the barricades and everything, that's, you know, just being swept under the rug or whatever. And Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I don't know if we can say the guy's name, but, you know, there was obviously a, a federal agent well-known came out in all these trials that he was there saying push forward, punch him in the yeah. face, break it down. You know, yeah. he was the guy doing all that stuff. They've got everybody in the world's got video footage of this man doing that. There were like Meanwhile, clear fed only footage of insiders. him, of Owen Schroyer in particular right now outside of the building in the permitted, you know, cause they got the permits. Again, we talked about this earlier, you know, these bureaucrats, that's their religion is, you know, you pay the fees, you file their paperwork, you get their permits, you get the police protection, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, we can definitely no. say the guy's name, by the way. Night Grumpy. Yeah, Ray Grumpy. Epps. There we go. Yeah, Ray Epps. Okay, I don't know if that's the last favorite Fed. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> you know, Owen Troyer was one of the guys that he was he was staying within the permitted area, uh, and I know because they were live streaming all this stuff, and I was forced to work from home at the time. And I, you know, I had friends watching this stuff. I had family members watching this stuff. I was like, oh, my gosh, look at this live stream. And they're like, well, nobody else is showing this. I was like, I know. These guys are actually on the ground. And everyone in their camp has a GoPro on their head. And they're live streaming it. <clears throat> How do you survey from home? I, I'm, I do office work. Um, oh, okay, okay. You're yeah, cat yeah. tech as well or something? Or? Oh, yes. Okay, okay. Gotcha. Oh, yes. I can, I can make it sing, brother. I can, I can make a keyboard <laughs> sing. <laughs> nice. uh, I'm not surprised. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers. But um, I, you know, Owen Schroer is one of those guys that you know I've, I've I've been listening to him for five six years now, and uh, you know for him to get 120 days just for being in the district that day, mm -hmm. when he's actively saying don't go in the building, it's a trap, don't do it. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know the full story of this, but I'm not that surprised, honestly. It's, it's, I've been seeing the way that this is going, and I've been seeing when someone brings up video evidence of, you know, something to the contrary of the narrative, then it gets swept under a rug, and, you know, someone has some stupid answer for it or whatever. So, So again, and, 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 you know, with, with Atlanta and Cop City, I think it's kind of a microcosm of the national playbook. You know, we can kind of see it being enacted on a local level as well. Because uh, th- there's definitely a playbook. You know, that, that's the one thing with, I don't know if you want to call them the commies. I don't know if you want to call them, you know, the globalists or, you know, the syndicate or the cabal or, you know, whatever kind of labor right. you want to attach to these guys. They want them and their cadre to all, you know, together control the world. The lizard um, people. They've all had the same education. They all have the same ideology. They all have the same indoctrination. They don't have to be told what to do because it's their belief system. They're all the same secret societies. From the time they were an adolescent. Exactly. Uh, So, you know, and that's why all their so-called leaders have plausible deniability. You know, that's like George Soros. You know, he's he's shoot on site in multiple countries right now. Like, wow, really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Turkey. Again, not surprised. Yeah. George Soros shows himself in Turkey. The president is like, I will pay you to kill that man. Wow. And film it. Uh, Interesting. You yeah. know, and we've already covered you know what he did to the British pound in the late 90s. You know, yeah. The Forex market where he shorted it with 50x leverage and almost crashed the entire the entire currency. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's just these people are acting together. They don't have to have collaboration for every single step of the way because they all have this this detailed plan that's ideologically driven and it's metaphorically it's, it's freaking star Wars. Uh, it, you know, it's, it's, it's the empire. Like they mm-hmm. all have this, this goal that's just been somehow implanted into their brain. Whatever Does that make us the rebellion? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm down with Maybe, <laughs> I, you know, I don't know. I, I'll be the rebellion. Just, you know, they, they, they say that, you know, those who don't know history are doomed to repeat it. You know, but more and more these days, I'm starting to feel like, you know, the people that study history are doomed to sit back and watch everyone mm. else repeat it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, my God, man. You know, because a lot of these folks are, okay, you bring up the Khmer Rouge, for for instance, of like a recent international example of, of this kind of stuff happening on a global scale. And all the boomers are going to have some kind of reaction to that. You know, you bring up the Khmer Rouge. Oh, you know, oh, communists, and, and and you know, the communists were a, a big thing up until like the mid '80s in this country. You know, but then they found the Club for Growth and Greenpeace and the Sierra Club and things like that. You know, they 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 finally embedded themselves. It finally permeated, so they didn't have to be in the streets throwing Molotov cocktails anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, because now they're your college professors. <laughs> I mean, for God's sakes, what what's his name? Uh, Bill Ayers. Uh oh crap! What did he do? Hold on one second. Let me. Weather I'm not as familiar with right? this. Yes, yeah, he's a college professor now, mm-hmm. and he was Obama's mentor. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Which this is the night of segues because you just did it again. Because the next one is all about Obama. So mm. we saw that Tucker on X. Uh, interviewed Larry Sinclair, and we found out that... Oh, my God. Obama's... I thought he was, was saying Tucker Carlson was on ecstasy doing an interview. Maybe. Because <laughs> I'm not used to the Twitter <laughs> X thing or whatever, so... Right. I right. also have, like, 
a lot of flu medication in my system right now, so I'm a little loopy, but sure. Tucker on X. Yeah, Tucker was on X, and he okay. was interviewing <laughs> this guy who's like definitely been around the block a time or two. Right. And he claims to have uh, done coke with Obama and blown him a couple times. Blown him? Yeah. yeah. So, Larry Sinclair blow and blow in the same sense. Larry Sinclair like, went well, on multiple syndicated radio shows while Senator Obama was running for president. Yeah. Um, and um, apparently Obama did crack. He was snorting coke while Obama was smoking crack, yeah. according to his story. So apparently there was a, there was a very active and experimental bathhouse scene in Chicago in the early two thousands, and uh, that's that's where he discovered Barry. Yeah. So hmm. one of the things we're not even talking about that. That's just the setup. And I think what Jake has clipped here, or whoever has clipped here was like sort of the buried lead because he talks about something even crazier than they had sex and did coke together. Okay. So let's watch this real quick. So um, I've read about your story. It's been been written about not very much, Um, but I'd never read that Donald Young, this man, Donald Young called you and told you that he knew you'd had sex with Barack Obama. That was the contact in late 2007 that I had that originally came under the guise that they were the they were part of the Obama campaign. So who was Donald Young? Donald Young was a choir director and a school teacher. He was the choir director at Jeremiah Wright's church in Chicago, the same church that Barack Obama went to. The chickens would um, come home to roost. A very openly gay black yes. man. Uh, but very well respected. Did you know him? I had never met him. I had not even realized that the person who was communicating with me had been killed uh, until a good two months after. So uh, I'm, I'm gonna get to that. So Donald Young is the choir director at Jeremiah Wright's church. Yes. And is it publicly confirmed that he knew Barack Obama? Oh, yes. Yes. Donald Young's own mother has repeatedly said that she feels that her son died to protect Barack Obama. It's just interesting that Donald Young would have called you. He's not working directly for the campaign that we know of. Exactly. But somehow he has a copy of your letter. It sounds like maybe Donald Young was on cleanup duty. Somehow he has my phone number. Exactly. And that's exactly what it was, because like I said, the first calls were, it was, I was led to believe that he was with the campaign. The last conversation that I'd had with Donald Young, he had actually come clean and said that he had been asked to call me and that his job was to get as much information from me as far as who I had spoken to, who I had given any information to, uh, and to get that to them. Uh, He had told me to be careful to watch myself and to understand that the Barack Obama campaign was not in any way, shape or form going to acknowledge anything or come out about anything. And he had made it clear that he had known Barack for quite some time and had had an intimate relationship with Barack for quite some time. He told you that? Yep. And that's when I knew that I could at least trust what I was being told. Originally, I had made it clear I didn't feel comfortable with the phone call because something just didn't seem right. But after a couple of calls, it started to all fall into place. Interesting. 
Interesting. So he doesn't outright say it, but he says that Donald Young was killed to protect Obama mm-hmm. or died to protect Obama or something along those lines. But like, what does that mean? Does yeah. that mean that the Obama campaign basically threw him under the bus, killed him to get him to shut up because he was sympathizing with this man? I'm not sure. Well, there's a whole lot of stuff you know, tangled up in, in Obama's rise from the U.S. Senate to the presidency. Because uh, he was associated with this, uh, what was that one group? Acorn, I think it was. I, I just posted something in the private chat too, mm-hmm. and uh, that was uh, they were they were tied in with Code Pink, MoveOn.org, and it was proven that Acorn uh, was child trafficking. Mm. <laughs> to put it simply, I mean that, yeah. that was you know it came out late because that was you know that was right around the time andrew breitbart got killed too because the occupy movement got fired up and that was one of the things he was raising the flag on was like hey we've got these these groups that are throwing a whole bunch of money together to put people in power in our government and they're running kids uh now i mean this article's from 08 i i just kind of you know browsed through it but it was i mean and and then even his rise to the u.s senate was I was going to mention as well because you know you got what, what's that guy Tony Resco and some land swap deals that he did in Chicago. You know some of that stuff was kind of fishy. I was going like, to mention something about even before he was president that like a couple of different times I think he ran like eventually like unopposed because something would happen to like his running you know counterpart or whatever. I know I'm not I haven't looked into this in a while so like I was wondering if you guys knew more about this but it looked like his way was sort of paved is what I'm getting at in terms of like getting to where he was then the keynote speaker and then like had his own presidential campaign it looked really easy street to me but and then it's really easy to get back into the whole birth certificate thing right that you know why would that be faked why would that possibly be faked and the, the I looked at I've spent way too much time looking at this as well Mm. Um, but, uh, you know, the one reason why that would possibly be faked is to cover up the fact that Frank Marshall Davis is his father. Who's that? Uh, he was a well-known documented communist, uh, that had the hots for Ann Dunham and was in Hawaii around the time Barry was born. Hmm. Is there any truth to Ann Dunham or his mom being a CIA operative? I'm not sure about that. I mean, it would make sense because Frank Marshall Davis was, um, you know, a communist filmmaker, rabble rouser. And I, I mean, seriously, he was a card carrying communist. And this is, you know, this is back in the days when that was a big thing, you know, just being just admitting that word puts you on a watch list. Mm. And, uh, you know, so he, it's, there's a lot of speculation that points to him being the father or at least being a strong possibility, uh, if nothing else, because I, I think Obama's uh, biography uh, even mentions Frank Marshall Davis being like a, a father figure to him. So whether or not he's the bio dad, he was a father. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know much about this. And when the, the whole birth certificate thing like became a big thing, I was more like in the like left world of things. And so I didn't pay much attention to it. Yeah, well, but I've, I've never, never gone know, back to that. Sheriff Arpaio, uh, he was a sheriff in was it Pinellas County, Arizona? I forget what county. He's from Arizona, uh, and you know he did a whole forensic analysis on national TV, deconstructing the birth certificate, and mm. he was like, "It's layered. 
He's like, it's a layered PDF that did not exist when he was a kid. This thing's been created in the last five years. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. yeah he was yeah. sheriff of Maricopa County. There we go. And he was also one of those guys that like it is hard to take him seriously just because of all the stuff he's doing as sheriff. Like he was having prisoners out in the 110 degree heat doing jumping jacks and like, I don't know, stuff that was getting pretty close to like cruel and unusual. Right. And I'm sure he's dealing with some very bad dudes. Don't get me wrong. It was a modern day like, chain gang. He was I'm like for sure. Mm. Yeah, so it's like I'm less likely to listen to this guy on anything if I know he's basically like going up to the line of torture on people. Yeah. Now, one thing he was doing though was uh, he he did have a work program that would allow convicts, yeah, even violent felons, uh, that if they had some kind of marketable skill before they got incarcerated, he you know he was actually letting them like, hey, can you build furniture? Okay, cool. Well, we've got an old lady with cancer down the road needs a couch. You know, mm. we're going to supervise with guns, but you're going to go to this old lady's house and build her a couch. Stuff like yeah. that, uh, which, you know, a little bit like better, I guess. Uh, yeah, it's still I'm, like so funny. That's the least efficient way to get a couch possible. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's, go to the thrift. But like, is it um, by choice or is this like you're going to do this kind of thing? He gave him the option. I think they did get paid. I mean, it was it was definitely didn't. It's like they're already in prison. They got like eight. Would you? Yeah. Do do you want to spend time in your cell, or do you want to go to this old lady's house and build something? I would. I mean, I would go. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. As long as it was like offered as a choice, like then it's maybe not so bad. I don't know, but. Yeah, yeah, a little, a little bit of questionable stuff he was doing as sheriff. Uh, So it, it was. It was pretty interesting because that, that was one of those things like once the spotlight was shifted onto him, because then he did actually I think he did he did try to run for a higher office too. Mm. Uh, and then you know once the spotlight got put on him, it was like hold on, <laughs> who are you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like I'll accept an imperfect messenger, but then sometimes there's somebody where like why are you talking? Like we don't like you. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like yeah. you you were chosen by the opposite party to just look bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think yeah. that's happened a lot. So now no one credible can draw attention to this ever again. <clears throat> that's happened a lot in at a lot of different levels of government. I think like your running mate is basically just there as a plant, like to swing toward whatever way they want it to go. Oh, like, you know, Mike Pence was definitely life insurance for yeah. Trump. <laughs> they openly do that. They're like, well, I chose this person because he's from this state and that'll mm-hmm. get me more votes there. Yeah, it's not like oh he's the best person for the job or whatever. It's like no, nah, I think you know it'll get me to my position of power. There's yep. the concept of the running mate on the ticket, and then there's the concept of like your opponent though. And I even think that sometimes there are situations where like you're, it's already kind of decided which one they want. They want you know, and then your opponent is sort of like the John Carries of the world, where like he wasn't gonna win. You know, an interesting yeah, thing that- about. Oh, John Kerry and Bush, but they were both skull and bones and, you know, went to the same fraternity kind of thing and did the whole, like, secret society blood oath together thing or whatever. Kind of weird that they'd end up, like, running against each other. I don't know. I tend to think that John Kerry knew he wasn't going to win, but... Yeah. Well, I think that tactic blew up in their face a little bit with Trump because there's, you know, evidence that they were trying to get... Well, 
That's the Pied Piper strategy. They wanted Trump to run against Hillary because they thought he was the biggest joke that could never win. Did it? Or was that the trick then? And then they knew it would actually work. Like, I don't know. know. I'm I'm truly asking. But there's rumors that even like uh, Bill Clinton called Trump and talked him into it. And, you know, he, of course, See, that tells me that now, but that tells me more that they think that it would work because Bill Clinton's one of the biggest like players in this shit. Like all of the cold, the yeah. Clinton gang, like, so yeah, I don't so, know, uh, though. I both don't of them know. have ties to the Dixie Mafia around Arkansas. Um, oh, that's right. Because Clinton was governor of Arkansas, right? Yeah, like, and, with the whole so, you know, cocaine for, smuggling for shit. Like, I don't think he was into the kids stuff, though. You know what Clinton? I mean? Clinton? Yeah, I think that's why they kind of just let him walk off into obscurity. Yeah, you know, like, I mean, I don't know. We'll have to ask Epstein. Oh, wait, he's dead. Like, oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, I mean, he did go to Epstein Island and he has, yes, you know, multiple times. I, I mean, that doesn't mean he's like, I don't know. I want to be careful, but it's like there's pictures yeah. of people like girls rubbing his shoulders and him really looks like him at Epstein Island. And I don't think they were, you know, courting legal adults there. Although that Probably does seem to be most of his life. He's minimum, just been, like, yeah. Yeah. As Colin Powell put it, Dick and Bimbos is what he did most of. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, interesting uh detail. This is this will be my point where I'll inject my I'll organically now inject uh my nine eleven trivia of the day here. The building six, the so last time I talked about building seven. Building six. Actually, before I do that, what? How much do you guys know about Building Six? Just a just a Very random little. poll, like yeah. It's adjacent to buildings five and seven. Yeah, <laughs> right. There you go. It didn't fall, even though it was on fire, right? <laughs> yeah, it didn't fall. This one is um, so. My little tidbit today will be on six. If seven seven was like the operations building for like. I don't know, FBI, CIA, you know, IRS, whatever, DEA, like then, but they didn't have a, a, a proper basement in six because it was built over like a power substation or something. So all of the uh, ongoing, you know, cases like uh, criminal cases, like the highest level criminal cases, like in the country at the time, we're talking uh, Bill Clinton's weird shit and, you know, like cocaine smuggling and bizarre stuff, like since he was a governor and we're talking Enron and we're talking gold fraud stuff and we're talking whatever, like really high level cases. All of that was stored with a bunch of gold in the basement in building six because seven didn't have a basement and they wanted it in a several sub-basement level vault or whatever that six had. There was a friggin' hole in the roof, like you could see on aerial photos in six, and something went down the six stories that building six was, then the multiple sub-basement levels, and apparently hit the vault down there. There was stuff on the JFK assassination in this vault, as far as I know. Like there's all it was the US Customs House or whatever. Any ongoing large case that had evidence for it was held there. The guy, the videographer for FEMA that was sent to film for 9-11 went down to the basement and apparently recorded. And his take on this was that the vault was cracked open and was absolutely cleared empty. There was no gold. There wasn't a stick of evidence. There was no paper. There was nothing. It was a, it's like a 15 meter. I don't usually do meters, but that's, these are his words. So it's like, I don't know. What is that? Like 50 foot square vault, a big vault. 
completely wiped empty. Something went through, I don't know, nine concrete, reinforced concrete floors to hit it, which is like bunker buster bomb level. It's not just random debris that would do that. And the timeline, so the guy that got there, he was trying to get the, uh, what is it, the ENFERS document that the firefighters will give, like the National Fire Information Report System or whatever, just to get the metadata on when they showed up to start putting out the fire on that building. They will not give it to this day. But he was saying that they were putting out the fire long before the towers fell. And this guy goes home, and his wife has apparently committed suicide. He lives in Colorado. And the local jurisdiction there, like, cleared him, said that he is innocent, ruled it a suicide. But the federal level government is interested, apparently, for some reason, and wants to question him. And he knew what that meant. And he fled the country, and he now lives in Argentina under asylum and knows that if he comes back here, he's toast. That's my little building six bit in a nutshell. And that's wow. my little take. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Bill Clinton reminded me of that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't so. know that. That Yeah. That's all news to me. I, yeah. I, I didn't dig into a whole lot of building six stuff. Most people um, don't know much of building six because it wasn't in the news at all. They don't want you to know about building six. Yeah. That's my take on it. They don't want you asking questions about building six and why six didn't fall, but seven did. And you know, whatever, but there you go. Do you yeah. think that the plane that crashed in Shanksville, Pennsylvania was shot down? I honestly, the Pennsylvania thing is weird. Like the Pennsylvania thing. There wasn't is, much of an impact. There's a hole in the ground. Then in the woods near it, uh, the guy that owned the property was saying that they actually use. So that hole in the field was actually filled in over an old like mine or quarry or something like that. And he had construction equipment. The feds came and used his heavy machinery off in the woods for something. So any of the actual crash stuff, if there was a plane and if it hit there, the actual plane crash was in the woods apparently. And they were hauling stuff out of there and whatever. And this is all from the guy that owns the property and was talking about what was going on on his lot. So it's super weird. And they said that, oh, the, the ground it hit with such force, the ground liquefied, and it basically just swallowed the plane. And it's like, okay, well, no, but whatever. Oh, is going to be missing the let show me, tonight. Let me check Too busy destroying Alden in fantasy football. Is she? <laughs> she may be. She may be. Oh, no, come on. She's got no one in right now. What is she talking about? Although my guy's not doing like super great, but whatever. There's still a whole half left. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I put uh, a rookie tight end in. I put Laporta in just to see, uh, just to have a stake in the game tonight. I just wanted to be able to get excited earlier. So I put him in just to do it. But what do you do? <laughs> we'll see if it backfires. So, you guys got more to say about this? You want to move on to the next video? We can move let's on. Move no, on. I don't yeah, want to take too much time. Yeah. All right. So, I think this was from. I mean, this video is going around a lot, but being libertarian or somebody like that shared it on X and says, Do these people have a right to run down the protesters, basically? Because I guess that's what we're about to see. Okay, okay. All right, all right, all right. Hold on, hold on. All right, a car 
Some cars are coming through the crowd right now. All right, it's okay, it's okay. It's a large trailer has gone through. Yeah, there you go. I mean, that dude's got about 350 grand worth of stuff. God forbid he had some livestock in there, too, and he's just thinking, like, hey, you know, if I actually stop for these people, they're going to rob me. Yeah, I expected that to be much worse, too. They had, like, plenty of time to get out of the way. But What's yeah. IDL? Is that the road? Or? Yep. Where does it say that? Uh, oh, north IDL. leg of IDL. So, and, and this is something I say to my son all the time when we're walking around the neighborhood or really anywhere in public. Don't bring a body to a car fight. Um, <laughs> You know, there's a there's an obvious shoulder there. Why are you guys covering the entire highway? You're trying to stop traffic for what? For what purpose? What reason? Why are you stopping this stuff? You know, these and then people, why are you surprised when a car comes through on the highway? Like these people often have their livelihoods on board, and they just they don't even want to deal with the uh, you know yeah I shot a guy that stopped me on the highway. You know, there's like I'm just not going to stop. You're walking in front of my truck. You're, you're either a criminal or high on something and I got to keep moving. Yeah. Don't be on the road. I don't know. I don't have a lot of do a protest, not in a way that impedes life. And then if you do, I mean, I don't know. I'm just not the person. I'm just not the person to do that. And so like, if, if you do, you just got to be aware of that. You know, everyone's going to behave differently and someone might try to drive through you. I, I don't know. Like it's just stupid. Don't do it. Not recommended. Unless Absolutely. I'm misinterpreting yeah, I'm sure. what's going on here or whatever, but um, I don't think so. I'm not sure what the protest was about. I've seen a lot of like no anti-oil po uh, protests lately, where they like try to block, you know, trucks or just block the highway or whatever. I don't know if this one was that or something else, but. I don't know if it really matters so much what the protest was they about to block if in the middle of the highway. People don't know what you're there for. Or how did they just get anything they, they, they probably yeah. drove a car to get there. Like what I don't understand the whatever. <laughs> I don't get it. Yeah, it says downtown Tulsa, so I don't know if the Tulsa Metro is that great, but mm. Yeah, I don't know much about Tulsa. Did Jake quit his job or what? <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> He walked yeah. off. He's on strike. So. Steven's in his in his place, at least geographically yeah, here. So. Yeah, Jake is yeah. Uh, he's experiencing a climate crisis where he is right now. <laughs> it's uh, called rain. So they're hitting yeah. him with the space lasers right now. Yeah. <laughs> Thankfully, Hopefully he has a new blue tarp over his entire thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a blue tarp. Perfect. Which, by the way, I, I haven't verified this, but I heard that the frequency of the color blue is 6.66 hertz. Hmm. How Six cool point is that? Six six hertz. I'm gonna look that up later. Yeah, I know a whole thing on like uh, sound and like uh, resonance and like. Do you know the whole thing with um? Ah, what's it called? Where like they um, the cymatics where they like vibrate the like oh, yeah. sand on the plate well, with I, the different I've, patterns. I've watched entire documentaries on the water crystals. What's the guy's name? Yeah, Saru yeah, yeah. Emoto? Is this the fourth state of water or fourth phase of water? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah. It, the guy was uh, Masaru Emoto, I think it was. He was a Japanese scientist, <clears throat> but he would he would freeze water crystals and then subject them to certain frequencies while they were freezing, mm -hmm. and then they would freeze in certain patterns. In different so, structures, like different crystalline structures. Like spring water and well water and that kind of stuff would actually display the frequencies, but then like municipal tap water was like 
dead. Yeah. You know, it had, it had no spirit. I tried to talk to my girlfriend about this and she thought I was crazy. <laughs> Which I mean, it's jury's still out. I may be, but yeah, but I'm interested that it in took this her life. that long. Yeah, we're still. <laughs> she accepts it, but yeah, she's not into it. You know, but no, I've seen some of this, and I I'm I'm like aware of this, like the phenomenon of like you know, you sing Beethoven to water while it freezes, whatever you know, versus or like tap water versus spring water, and you yeah, know, well, like but, you know, city water is is just squeeze doo doo. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean that's, sometimes that's it's, really what it is. Like, if you're it depends on, on the city. And, yeah, water and sewer system. They they all put that in a reclamation facility. Yeah, they squeeze it out, they bleach it, and they send it back to you. Yeah, and then it has like, especially, it's more prevalent even in the water systems that they use like reclaimed water and then like filter that that you get like all the you know, pharmaceutical compounds and things like that in the water because that's in the waste then people. Right. Pee yeah. that out Every, or whatever. Everybody in your city that's on antidepressants, birth control, hormone therapy, all that kind yeah. of stuff. That stuff is typically not all my flu medicine. Filtered out. Yeah. 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 I mean, the flu medicine might come out, but it's. Yeah, it's, that might. Some stuff tends to linger. Uh, yeah. And, and oddly I enough, think antidepressants is one of yeah, the bigger ones. Oddly yeah. enough, it's medications that are fluoride based as well tend to linger. Oh, is it really? Is, is yeah. It Oh, that's right, because it's like a metals-based thing, like lithium. Yeah, so Prozac, like uh, the generic name of Prozac is fluoxetine. It's oh. a fluoride-based medication. Mm -hmm. Salts and metals, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense, actually. Yeah, because metals just don't go away, you know, not easily. That makes sense. What else yeah, do we got? Up. All right, so what we got next, Zach? All right, we have a video here from Peter St. Onge. And I started to read the description and didn't even understand it. So we're just going to listen to what he says. And I only understand a third of what this man says. Anyway, he's above my yeah. grade. Like, well, I'm I learned so more about listening. I'm going to bring it up too. <laughs> All right. The main Asian currencies, the Japanese yen and Chinese yuan, are both plunging, which could knock out the world's two biggest customers for America's federal debt. What's driving the plunge is that markets now expect the Fed to keep rates higher for longer since it's taking them longer to strangle the U.S. economy than they had anticipated. The problem is both China and Japan have much lower interest rates, which drains money out of them to the U.S. to earn right higher now, returns. In China, rates are at three and a quarter, so that's about two points lower in the U.S. In Japan, they're actually minus wow. 0.1%, right. so you would have to be a masochist. You Why so low? Because they didn't have double-digit <laughs> inflation, so their central banks aren't trying to kill them. If that money can earn a lot more in the U.S. at five and a quarter than it can in China or, God forbid, Japan, it floods out, selling the local confetti and buying dollars, at which point those governments swing into action, selling their U.S. debt to soak up their worthless currencies. Hold on. So let's talk about it up to this point because we got to break it down more. than Yeah, usual this is already here. Plenty for me, yeah. Yeah, so we so have so Japan we have the, has negative interest rates, meaning yes. they will pay you to borrow money. No, pay you or they pay will pay them. them. Pay. Okay. Wait, go ahead, Steve. We can say, yeah, well, yeah, 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 and they pay you to borrow money as well. Okay, are both true? Is that the how that works? With yeah, what was the first thing you said? You to save money, they pay okay. you to borrow money. Okay, yeah. yeah. That's Keynesianism to incentivize on steroids. Borrowing? Like in that, yeah. And per capita, 
and just off the top as well, it, Japan owns more of, of our debt than China does. They have been in trouble. Really? I've talked about this in previous episodes as well. That you know the the U.S. Japanese yen parity. Uh, we are we are in dangerous levels. Uh, we, we I mean we're we're all up in it. Let me see here. I, I can per I can capita, as in like per their like GDP or something or yeah. Okay. So the negative interest rates will encourage just spending at all times. Like you get some money, right. the faster you can spend it, the better. Right. You know, you're going to invest in more risky projects, bigger oh, projects, yeah. because you're not able to save your money. Your money would actually lose value in the bank when, you know, you could build a building at least and have something You're encouraged value. to put it somewhere else. Like, yeah. Yeah. So that's what their thinking is, is that, you know, it's good that we're getting this building out of it or that, you know, whatever company invested in a new project, but it also makes people invest in things that might not make it. Like maybe you're more risky than normal because you can't just save your money. So eventually mm. that house of cars is going to fall. I just can't go yeah. on like that forever. And never mind the fact that Shinzo Abe got off in the streets with a sawed off shotgun, like a homemade one too, right? What was that? <laughs> yeah. So I, right now I just looked it up. The, the U S dollar is at 147 Japanese yen. Anything over 135, Japan's pissed. They're getting their butt kicked. And usually, typically, in the past, in the early 90s, mid-90s, once it gets in the mid-140s, the two countries get together and manipulate their currencies to get it back mm -hmm. down in a, in a certain channel. Yeah, you had talked uh, about that a little bit the other week, yeah. So that that's what's going on right now, is that mm -hmm. somehow the dollar is surging in the international Forex markets. Uh, you know, the Canadian dollar is getting its butt kicked. Uh, you know, the Chinese yuan obviously it's it's getting killed you know BRICS just expanded they just mm -hmm. voted to allow 11 more nations into the BRICS union is it 11 yeah it was 11 more initially but there's 40 that have applied oh wow um 40 something and they're allowing that in but they're also figuring out that hey if we're going to have an international gold-backed currency to have china as our key player is kind of a bad move like it it, it works in the sense that they have this huge population, you know, they have almost a third of the world's population. Uh, so that part makes sense, but the government that's in charge and the way they manipulate their currency, the way it's so controlled and tracked and it's not really free flowing, you know, so the standards that have to be met for something to be an international reserve currency, <clears throat> which means all the world's nations are doing, doing business in your currency. Mm -hmm. You have to have no capital controls and uh, you know, Right now, aside from us, it's like what Panama or Estonia, uh, you know, who, who's really competing with us in terms of not many capital controls. Uh, now, I know that's kind of laughable as well. You know, just look at your paycheck. But <laughs> on an international market, you know, in terms of that, like we we tend to let other countries kind of do whatever the hell they want with our money. Um, whereas China, who's really leading the BRICS movement right now. They don't, you know, they, they have a say so in what all countries do with their money because it's their money and they make it known. <laughs> and so all the other countries, you know, to be affiliated with that, they don't like it. So now there's tensions building and it's weird that it's happening with China and Japan at the same time because Japan needs us as a buffer to China because China's way bigger than Japan right now. 
Mm-hmm. And Japan, you know, in the wake of World War II, Japan has not been allowed to have a standing army. We are their hmm. army. That was part of the agreement there. Japan and China have hated each other since Adam and Eve. I mean, that is, it's, it's bad. Just look up the rape of Nanking if you want to, you know, get yeah. a little bit of history on that. Uh, so it's, it, yeah, it's Keynesian economics versus communist capitalism. <laughs> what's going on right now. Interesting. All right. Let's go back and listen to about another minute of this, I guess, before we yeah. stop it again and try right. to dumb it down. Digest more. Yeah. Right. <laughs> A few days ago, Japan's top foreign exchange official, Masato Kanda, issued yet another desperate plea against the rapid decline in the yen after it fell nearly 7% in the last two months, bringing its total fall to nearly 40% since the pandemic. This is Japanese yen. is not the Argentine peso. The Chinese yuan is not much better. A 10% fall since May has brought it near 15-year lows, prompting China to order private banks to sell their dollar assets and buy up the yuan. Now, normally both Japan and China try to keep their currencies weak so their exports stay cheap. They do that by hoarding U.S. dollars in the government. That means fewer dollars chasing yuan, which means a cheap yuan, presto, cheap exports. Those hoarded dollars are invested primarily in federal U.S. debt. That means both the yuan and the Japanese yen are perennially undervalued. The Economist magazine keeps track of this, and they estimate the yuan is undervalued by about 40% and the yen by closer to 50%. All right. So is that versus the dollar, I guess, or is that versus something that stays stays stable like gold? Yeah, what's the metric there? That's that's a valid question as well. Um, Yeah. Or is it just versus itself? Yeah, that's what I, I was. Understand that. That's what I understood is like versus like what it's would be expected to be at that point. I'm I don't know currency well. And, and again, I that's really that's the baked-in benefit of being the world reserve currency. Now, let's take into account that you know UPS, for instance. I, I know for sure, but other you know, DHL, FedEx, they may be in with this as well. But I know UPS, for any international shipments, any native currency is converted to SDRs first. And that is a strategic drawing right mm. issued by the What's IMF. Because yeah, they're I not, don't know. Yeah, they're not messing with currency conversions. They're, they're messing with SDRs, which that was, again, you know, we mentioned earlier, uh, you know, Al-Qaeda members and stuff going over to Mexico, shaving their beards, speaking Spanish, crossing over here. Vincente Fox and George Bush were also, you know, they were kind of, they had this agreement that they were going to unite the the North American continent, which included Canada under the Amero. Uh, that there was a, there was a push for that back then as well. So it's, it, it, you know, there's all these, the currency wars for current nations and versus itself, what they want it to be. Yeah. So I don't yeah. get that really. Yeah. But. So it was versus itself. And, and that's, that's the, that's the manipulation that we see when it gets out of parity out of a certain range. So like right now it's 147 yen per dollar. Then Japan's going to go, you know what? I've been selling myself short. Mm. And then they, and then they release some data they've been hiding. And then, you know, and then the money changers do their thing. And uh, you know, and then that 147 goes back down to like 132 and then everything's back to normal. Mm, okay. 
Good old. All right, let's see if we can finish the last minute and a half of this. Okay. That's actually a problem because it's too cheap. Because imports get expensive if your currency is worthless. So Japan, for example, imports close to 100% of its gasoline. If gas is selling for $4 a gallon in the rest of the world and the yen's at 100, with taxes, that's about 500 yen per gallon. But if the yen goes to 150, that jumps with taxes to about 750 yen per gallon. Boom. So that's 50%. Keep in mind, wages in Japan are about half those in the U.S., so that feels more like $10 gas. Of course, it gets worse when oil prices are rising. They're up 30% since June. That makes for a near doubling, which is a shock to the Japanese public, who then demand a stronger yen. So what is next? U.S. data is telling the Fed to keep it up. China is actually cutting rates to fight off a financial collapse. And Japan has got miles to go before five and a quarter. So expect more investors fleeing both China and Japan, delaying the fallout of de-dollarization, but also draining Treasury of its two best customers, China and Japan. And that could push the Fed to stop its quantitative tightening policy of selling U.S. debt to fight inflation. Instead, returning it to those halcyon pandemic days, buying Treasuries hand over fist, and driving inflation back towards double digits. Okay, we'll be watching. <laughs> See you next time. You know, which, you know, in the short term, we could see um, the potential for some more uh, Series I savings bonds from the Treasury. You know, for the the six to eighteen month range in the double digits, bro. So you know, with inflation, if inflation's hanging out at seven eight percent, and the Treasury's saying, "Hey, yo, let me hang on to that. I'll pay you back in six months." With twelve percent interest, that's a no-brainer, right? I don't know. I honestly, the one, I have sick brain. Two, when it <laughs> comes to money, that I think I know the least about this of like any area. I'm just here for moral support at this point. Like I do not know. Where's the conspiracy in this, or the the conspiracy? Know, like, oh, well, interdimensional something. I mean my general take on this is just that like it's meant to collapse at some point like that's kind of what i think but that's yeah. a whole other that it, it's too that's too big a statement to just leave hanging well, I mean, there it's, it's all it. fiat you know, that's that's the whole thing too so like this national debt number that keeps getting floated around 33 trillion 34 35 36 whatever the hell it is it's over 30 trillion it's a made-up number most of that is money we owe ourselves you know yeah. they're talking about you know, unfunded liabilities um. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for your moral support, Alden. Uh, yeah. yeah, cheers. <laughs> so, I mean, most of that's unfunded liability. So it's 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 stuff that hadn't even like the debt hadn't even been incurred yet. It's tallied in. You know, that's why Iceland had this big revolution in, in the early 2000s. I think it was 2010, 2011, something like that. Mm -hmm. Rewrote their constitution, sent a letter to the IMF saying, "Hey." This number on the national debt is inflated by at least 80%. Uh, we're going to pay you about 25% of that over the next 20 years and stop it. And they were like, okay. All right. Proceed. Yeah. <laughs> Business as normal now. You know, so stuff like that happens. Uh, but China is, is the habitual perpetrator. Anybody that has any experience in Forex trading will know that, that you know, they tell you, you know, anything paired with the, with the Chinese yuan is risky as hell because it's not with any regularity. Sometimes yeah. it's every three months. 
Sometimes it's once a year. It's every two to three years, whatever it is. It's just it's what, the wild East, uh, whatever they read in the I Ching that morning, they manipulate their currency. Mm. And, uh, you know, the Swiss franc did it in the late 90s. So, yeah, there you and go. And then Jake says, and then they continue to tax the crap out of their citizens. And I guess he's talking about China there, right? Uh, it's probably Japan as well, because that, that's what... that's All what, of uh, them. Yeah. You know, that's what the video was talking about as well, was, you mm. know, China, Japan's wages are low. I remember seeing a, a, an article, too, that they, they've started this thing with... Um, they're putting these like stand up beds in the offices in Japan because hmm. these guys are working like 18, 19 hour shifts or something like that. So they're trying to yeah. move to like a, like a three stand up week. beds, like the cone heads, they sleep on the wall because the office space is so vertically integrated. Like there's not enough room for you to horizontally lay down yeah. in your own office. <laughs> it was already normal for men to just go to a restaurant after work, eat dinner, have some beers and fall asleep at the table and then come back to work the next day. Wow. Yeah. Because their apartment might be several neighborhoods over and it would just take them too long to get there. But you know, the right. restaurant next door, whatever I'm ready for work the next day when I wake up. Right. So you just go to Applebee's and then you sleep in the booth and then maybe a little work. better than Applebee's. It's some tasty stuff. But. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know this hot ramen bar with this, you know, with outdoor balcony seating, whatever. Right. And, and you wake up and you're on the balcony outside at four o'clock in the morning. You're like, oh, I guess I'll go to work now. You know, and just you know, three yeah. or four days a week, your family does not see you at all. You're not even allowed to call them. That depends. No, you know, I couldn't depends do it. on the person. They may, they may hate that. They may like that. I don't know. But yes, yeah. I don't get me. the feeling that anybody likes it, but. It's like there's no other alternative, maybe in their mind. Like they Is haven't like been a red cultural on norm. Like yeah. Yeah. yeah, like what else are we gonna do? You know, we're gonna go live in the mountains and farm rice. Yeah, yeah that sounds you awesome. Know, have none I of would this, do, have yeah. no TV, no cell phone, no nice clothes, anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, know? I'd be more inclined. I think. Well, but that's you know that's the dichotomy in, in a socialist nation. You know, it's, you're not you're not in control of your own destiny. What's in Japan's uh, government style? They're socialists. Japan is? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, oh, they're yeah. not, I mean, I'm not. They don't claim to be, do they? Know, but they do. They don't claim it? Oh, okay. I think they do. I mean, they've got a super high tax rate. How do they now claim to be socialist? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, the Norwegian country, or, you know, Nor Norway <coughs> and Sweden and all the places that, like, Bernie Sanders fans hold up, they claim that they're not. So... I don't know. I mean, it's, I guess, a little bit subjective, but I mean, well, I'm with yeah, you. I think well, like Japan, if I lived there, I would call it socialism. Sense, yeah. On a certain sense, it's baked into their culture. You know, this respect for your elders, this respect for your community, respect for your neighborhood. So there's like this cultural thing that they don't <laughs> have to. <laughs> yeah. Give me them rice yeah. mountains. Jake said, exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, so with that, you know, the, the S word is not really so derogatory for them. Uh, because you know socialism is just their culture, uh, and then you know their government style is, uh, you know, capitalism in a certain sense. Um, you know, but other than that, it's, you know, did America say I could do it? I once heard some random NPR nonsense talking about how rice cultures are often more, um, 
what's it, collectivist that's the word where it's like mm. you know growing and picking rice and all that and harvesting it kind of requires everybody to work together and it right the village collectivism effort thing yeah yeah i don't know if that's true i mean i was probably watching npr which everything else they say is a lie so why would i believe this but, that that may be true like in the areas where it's grown i don't know if that translates to like yeah. the cities or yeah. anything well, I, was, I was watching a documentary uh last week about you know people live to be 100 and uh <clears throat> this guy was going around various places one of them was okinawa japan and they're all like gardeners yes uh because you know they they do they do retire at the age of 60 i do believe uh but they don't stop working yep and that's that's they're that, outside that, every that day concept is what they call their their uh ikigari ikigari and, is there an ikigari it's like you're hold on let me look it up because I, I wrote it down i don't want to mispronounce it now but they they have this concept of like it's it's your purpose it's what you do so it's not like you know you've got this job you know that you had in your life to raise your family grow your is family, that that like wheel chart thing the icky something that's like the the purpose Ikigai. chart icky icky what guy icky guy Iki guy, yeah, 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 yeah. So the so the Iki guy is, is like you you know, what's your what's your reason for being like what yeah what what do you what do you contribute to this planet yeah what do you contribute to this neighborhood what do you contribute to the city this country what you know, what what is it you do Iki guy is a you, cool you, yeah what system. are you good at yeah. and so that's what like when they retire from their punch clock daily job they're drawing their paycheck it's like. Um, <laughs> Alden's an icky yeah, guy. Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> icky guy versus icky guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the that uh, you know, the, the icky guy is like you know. Do you have a neighborhood garden box? You know, even if you have that, like ten other people. You know, some of these folks are. This guy I interviewed in this documentary, they were 95, 96, 97 years old, and that's that's all they did that day. Like mm -hmm. they, they rode their bicycle a half mile into town. They tended to this garden box and they came home with four carrots and a head of cabbage. And then, you know, and then she proceeded to, you know, incorporate that into a stew for her husband. I may have you seen know. the same thing on like the, the people that live the oldest around the world. And it was like, it doesn't matter if it's like Japan or Puerto Rico or whatever. Everyone's got a similar like a lifestyle, like physically what you do where like you go outside, you like tend your garden, you like nourish yourself. But also the concept of the Ikigai and that like you... Is yours just in Japan that you were watching, or is this like well, that, global? That, that word came from Okinawa specifically. That concept. Mm -hmm. uh, that it might be all over Japan. I don't know, uh, but it was. I've used that system before, that. honestly. Like I've I've applied it to my own life before as like a little exercise. It's cool, honestly. Like, yeah, it's like what do you, what do you do? Okay, we'll do that. Mm -hmm. Okay, because you know you spend a third of your life making someone else rich. Yeah. Uh, you know what makes you rich, and that doesn't mean money. Right, right right it's you know what 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 do you contribute you know can you knit uh are you a good songwriter can you sing unlike nick uh do you write poems <laughs> uh he, he, no any of this stuff is you know whatever it is you do just do it mm -hmm. and, and and it seems to be like our culture is unique in the world in that like we retire and we sit on our ass and do nothing as a hobby like yeah. that's that's lauded as you Even it, healthy bro. enough to do anything. Yes. A lot of people get to that age and their health is shot. If your heart is exactly. healthy enough for sexual activity. Yeah. Ask exactly. your doctor, you know. <laughs>
That's what Alden's going to do in retirement. It's just sexual activity. Oh, you know it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> so the Down to Earth has a good episode anyway. about that in its first season. Yeah, you haven't checked What's with your doctor, Earth? so. Yeah, uh, oh, I don't even a show. have a doctor. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't either. Here, let me let me introduce Second you to season my is doctor. Dog crap. Here, like. <laughs> the cause and the solution to all your problems. Yes, that is fair. It's a vicious circle. Yeah. Now, Jake, can you can you bring up the? Or sorry, not Jake. Zach, can you bring Jamie. up the one story? Yeah, Sir Jamie. Story yeah, put, yeah. Uh, about Delta Airlines. Can you? Then I brought. I uh, put that in the signal chat. I didn't put it. Oh, chat. okay. Let me can I end the show on that at least? I saved my uh, I, a lot of the time I like to save my initial reaction for this, but like even just like the title of this was alarming, but but I okay. haven't seen the rest of it. Yeah, it's gonna Give be a crappy a ending. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, here it is. So I close out of the paywall. Crap. Yeah, no way. Get out yeah. of here. So Delta flight returns after passenger has diarrhea, quote, all the way all through, in <laughs> quote, play. Oh, my gosh. The uh, maintenance crew, they brought this thing back to the tarmac. So this was a flight to Spain. They got almost halfway there, I think, and they had to turn around and come back. It was like all in total was like an eight-hour delay. And uh, this dude apparently just erupted, and he uh, was, and he was in the economy class. And he had well, to get all the way up to the bathroom and he trailed it apparently. And they oh just God. turned it around because everybody was like, Oh hell no. Wait a minute. I have a question. If you're halfway through, shouldn't you just keep going? You know what I mean? Like what does it help? Quite to... halfway then. I okay, guess they okay, were somewhere okay. between a quarter and a half. Okay. And uh, yeah, it was quicker to turn around. Okay. What the pilots decided. Gotcha. Uh, and, and they, and they, they brought it back and, uh, the the ground crew ripped out the carpet and burned it. I would, yeah. The yeah. incident came a week after Air Canada apologized to two passengers who were booted from a flight from Seattle to Montreal because they complained about being made to sit in seats covered in vomit. Oh, oh god! Oh my gosh! Uh uh, no. I'd be sitting in the jump seat that the fucking flight attendant uses, man. That ain't happening. Well, just notice. Just surf the whole time. Air Canada made you sit in it. Delta was like, hey, how about a free premium DVD rental? And we'll turn around (laughs) right now. (laughs) You know, that just goes to say for the, you know, for the customer service. And it's not just because I'm from Atlanta. I've I've flown on, you know, about four different airlines. And, uh, Out of Southwest, JetBlue, Alaska Air, yeah, Spirit, and Delta. Delta murders the competition. Uh, You're going to pay about 30% more for their tickets, but so many other airlines don't even have TV screens for you. The one that, oh my God, the one that I feel like I'm flying in like a Pringles can is Spirit, man. It's so bad. Apparently, the only ones that beat Delta are like the Middle Eastern Airlines, like Qatar Air or whatever. Like those yeah. are legitimately really nice, but those are like royalty air, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah you, you have to have an American Cheeks Express. Only. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
Oh man, all well right. that's, that's all I got for the evening. I don't know if you guys want I to keep going. I was just gonna say I might be running out of gas here. My uh, my meds are wearing off. <laughs> uh, Jake says Turkish Airlines is amazing. Oh okay. My wife follows right, this couple so on Instagram. That that's what they do is like they they cross collateralize credit card intro deals with reward points and air miles. And I have never deal. heard cross collateralize before. That's a oh, new really? term. Oh, that's no. that's a, that's a, that's a big real estate thing. That sounds like something you get like an STD from. <laughs> cross collateralize. You, uh, you can get an IRS audit from it if you do it right. Um, <laughs> if you do but, it right or wrong yeah exactly but the you know they take out one card with an introductory rate they put their mortgage on it for that month just enough to oh pay it with another card trigger that bonus it. you get that sign-on bonus you um, use that to do the other card right. and then you pay something else off and then you use both of those bonuses to pay for something then you take that and then you put that on a, uh, the rest of it on a card and then they stack these cards for like two three years at a time and then this one guy's flying you know first class on Turkish airlines from UAE to New York. Mm. And he's doing this three hour video of, you know, all these, you know, he gets like foot rubs and a fresh hot robe and all kind of crazy stuff. Sitting a hot robe. Oh yeah. Yeah. They bring him a hot robe. I'm so poor. I didn't even think of that. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Hot heat. The robe. We didn't know. Time. Like, robes come in different temperatures I mean, yeah I didn't, yeah i don't know about this shit. like robes are robes dude the room temp like that's what a robe is like uh, <laughs> right. that's not even something that ever crossed my mind yeah, yeah. all right well you guys want to finish on one more funny video all yeah, right yeah, yeah all right here goes this is misha pollen from the jimmy door show Team, we've had a heck of a year. Excellent job bearing the Hunter Biden laptop story. Russian <laughs> disinformation. <laughs> Classic. That said, we have to make sure Donald Trump is never president again. Let's hear some ideas. Mary. Well, Section 3 of the 14th Amendment bars from office anyone who engages in an insurrection. So my idea mm. is we could arrange for feds to infiltrate a MAGA crowd and task them with inciting violence. Yes, yes, I'm loving this. Okay, Steve. Well, I was watching The Sopranos last night, and Tony got charged with the Rico Act. Maybe we could do the same to Trump. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sam, we could deliver on campaign promises, earn the respect of the people. Get out. Get out. <laughs> nice. Well, and, and, and it's worth noting that that is actually kind of how our how our country was set up. That. It's, it's frustrating as hell that, you know, the legislative process and the judicial process are very slow. That's on purpose. So rich dictators can't come in here with their posses and take over within six months, a year, two years, whatever it is. With their posses on horseback. It's very hard for them to do. It takes years and decades for them to inculcate control. Uh, mm -hmm. that's that's how we were founded that's how we were set up and and that skeleton is still in place mm. and it's how we've been taken over though over years and decades well sure from within sure yeah, yeah. you know good times created soft men and uh here we are yeah ed well, we're supposed to end country. on something fun we just we <laughs> totally tanked that to be depressing sorry <laughs> no sorry. anyway so you guys uh, got anything to plug yeah, but not on camera, you know. 
Anything to plug? You would say that. Uh, I, not yet. I'm working on a couple of things. I don't really want to announce anything yet. Uh, oh, I want to ask you about that later, actually. Yeah. What's that? Is this a is this another uh, like a channel project that you're that's in the works? Or? No, no, no. I'm oh, okay. talking about stuff with, you know, with the Libertarian Party. There's, there, you know. Oh, okay. I, I, I'm working on some things here that, um, you know, didn't exactly. Elizabeth says. Sorry, it's easier yeah. to engage in backstabbing and subterfuge than to just do a good job at what you're supposed to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is like uh, political bullying. You know, don't like work on your own. Like, you know, build up your own uh, confidence by being a better person, but put down someone else. You know what I mean? To feel better yeah. about yourself. Yeah, like, there we go. Oh, and 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 I'll, I can end with this meme that I have of uh, AOC. You know. Alexandria Occasional Cortex. Uh, she said, uh, you know, if the USA is so great, then why did someone create USB? That <laughs> 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 is there. Man. I didn't right. see that one coming, yeah. Well, I think that's the note we can end on then, you know. Sure. So, so. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. All right, everybody. So cheers. Go. I'm not as good at the pitches and the plugs, but go check <coughs> out lpgeorgia.com slash join if you like what you saw tonight. Um, we're all here because of the party to promote it and talk about just whatever's going on and give you the current events from our perspective. So if you like this, you'll like being a member of the party and supporting us. And then also go check out banishbigbrother.com and check out the Banish Big Brother pub crawl we have coming up in savannah and that's all we got good night everybody cheers